Welcome to the PulpMX.com show. Broadcasting live around the world from the Vegas Strip in a room where the term action could refer only to the classic Supercross playing on the VCR. And now, introducing your hosts, Steve Mathis and the OGK dub, Kenny Watson. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. All right, we're live here in Las Vegas on the Pulp MX Show. We are here in Las Vegas, and we are live, and we are ready to dish it out tonight on the show. Guests on the show tonight are Tony Alessi, which uh, should be interesting, Jimmy Button, but uh, in studio right now in my house, which is dubbed the studio, Tony Berluti. Berluti, what's up? Uh, how you doing, Steve? Hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, this is fun. This ought to be a good time. Yeah, yeah, and you got your uh, your manager right next to you, my co-host, Kenny Watson. Ah, bullshit. My friend, dude. Your We're friend. down at the shop. All right. Kenny Watson, my co-host, as usual, on the air, upset already, already agitated. Ah! Uh, ate my wife's licorice. That's right. Um, she left it out. She did. Uh, right off the bat, though, let's get started and thank the sponsors that make this show possible, and uh, that would be... TREMX.com, the Racer's Edge uh, shop in Simi Valley. Uh, support them. You'll listen later on for a code to uh, save some money on that. X-Brand Goggles, the goggle of choice of Mike Alessi, Jeff Alessi, and Josh Strange, who's gone 4 for 4 in the GNCC. Where Kenny, GNCC's unique clear vision. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, all right, thanks. That's so and, sweet. And, uh, and, our know that. and our third sponsor, JGRMX.com. JGRMX, uh, check them out on the web. They are uh, doing motors and suspension now for guys in North Carolina. Top-notch stuff, as uh, you can tell by Justin Brayton's bike this weekend in practice and heat, not so much in the main. But uh, check them out. Thanks, uh, thanks to TREMX.com. Thanks to JGRMX.com, and thank you, X-Brand Goggles, for supporting the show. What a race. Uh, we got uh, like we got a lot to cover tonight. We got a lot of guests, uh, but let's first talk about St. Louis. Um Massive change in the points, obviously. Uh, Ryan Villapoto went from being only nine down with three races left to now out of contention with a broken tip fib after a horrendous crash. Uh, Ivan Tedesco crashed out. Kenny, T- Kenny, Kenny uh, had crocodile tears for that one. His buddy Ivan Tedesco out. And uh, and the uh, lights was dominated by Justin Barsha. Uh, Kenny, what are your thoughts on St. Louis? We just watched a little bit of it downstairs before he came up. Uh, you know... I, I didn't do the track walk first of all, and I came back and I. And yeah, I asked, you, mo- you mocked me for not doing the track walk. Exactly, because yeah. I didn't. I don't. I I don't really walk the track. I don't know why. I've never have. Yeah. Even when I was a mechanic, I didn't do it. <laughs> really? But I'm an idiot. Brody, do you walk track? I walk it once in a while. Oh, really? Not all the time. No, it depends on how busy I'm. If I got stuff going on. Well, put it this way: Brulee walked the track this week, and he came back, and I go, "How is it, Tony?" And he says. I don't know. I don't think it's too good. It doesn't look like it flows. It looks like there's some dangerous sections. Really? Blah, blah, blah. And Berlue called it out, and I was like, all right, let's see. And there was one section of the track that, you know, one of our riders wasn't doing. And I told him, hey, you need to do this section if you want to be, you know, competitive. If you want to be in that yeah. top ten, you need to do it. And he straight said, all right, you know. But right. he didn't never did it. He never busted it out. Never did it. And then wow. he came back after and said, that's why I didn't do it. He goes, I've seen all the carnage. And he goes, I'm not, I'm, you know, so, yeah, yeah. hey, you got to take what, that chance. What do you think about Villapoto just coming up short, right? Just moving in this different line. and, and Yeah, it looked like there's a lapper there, and he changed his line. He was going to the inside there, jumping it. And yeah. he looks like he moved over. And For those people just listening, Kenny is the, obviously the team manager of Hart and Huntington, Rockstar Hart and Huntington. His riders are Chris Blose, Josh DeMuth, and Matt Bonney. So I'll just get that out of the way. And Berluti. 
Factory Suzuki mechanic for how long? Uh, 20 years. 20 years at Factory Suzuki, now working for Chris Blos on the Hart and Huntington team. Um, we can go trip down memory lane tonight. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> um, but as far as that track, Berlute, what what did you see on the track walk? What did you think? Just Well, it's funny. Like some of the obstacles, they just didn't look like – I'm like, I don't know how this is going to even play out, how it's going to work, how these guys are going to jump this obstacle that's lower and then get all the way over the things that are the same height. And it just looked dangerous, uh, that section there. And I, I guess they cleaned it up after Reed told them something about it. But yep. it was still just – it just didn't look like it was – it just didn't look right. I'm not knocking the track builders or whatever. I don't know what to say about that. Right. But I feel you got to have a track that flows that's maybe – that most everybody's doing the obstacles. But, you know, hopefully there's a race at the end of the night. Well, I actually uh, – in my track walk, I definitely looked at that section. And I couldn't figure out what the guys were going to do. I was thinking triple in – but then that wouldn't set him up for the for. But some guys were Mike, like Demuth yeah. was doing. He was going outside, triple, double, double, all the way. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. No, that's what I thought. But I was like, that's pretty slow. But that one with that last one was so big. I was like, yeah, how are you gonna do it? You know, I mean, as fast. But the other rhythm section, table, table, table. Triple that was in. yeah, that was gnarly too. Yeah, yeah right. That was hairball for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that one section you're talking about, people. They they'd never really got over that thing clean. They were thumping it a little bit and riding their front wheel into the corner and going. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was a challenging track. I mean, the whoops were big. Uh, the dirt's always good in St. Louis. It got a little ruddy, but if you're uh, if you're Ryan Villapoto, I mean, can you do you do you put blame on anybody? Do you do you just it's a racing yeah. incident? I mean, that's racing. I mean, he. I mean, if you want to go back earlier in the race, and if you've seen it on TV, and I was there. I mean, he, he went for the move on Dungey, and he pretty much square T-boned him. If you watch, he could have slid in. He could have checked up and blocked past him, but he was going to take him down. I mean, yeah. that's the way it is. And you know what? He uh, he was riding aggressive, and he wanted to win, and he maybe shouldn't have done that, but you know what I mean? He yeah. did what he had to do. And it's like we always say, those guys take that chance every time they hop on that bike. They know that you know anything could happen. Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't. To me, the gnarliest obstacle I've ever seen on a track. It was hairball for sure, but I mean, it wasn't like a lot of guys got over it, you know, and did it. Um, Berlut blows. Uh, what do you think of his race? Fourteenth? Fifteenth? Wait, I think it was fourteenth, huh, Kenny? Yeah. 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 Attrition. I uh, wasn't good. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't really happy with it. Right. Um, he he rode smart. Uh, as far as he wasn't comfortable with the track, so you know he hung in there, which we talked about before the race. And, uh -huh. You know he just wasn't fast all day, so um, you know he's coming off an injury, so he doesn't want to get injured. At least we get a race next week, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was pumped after the race. He was just like, at least I'm walking out of here. Yeah, and, and I feel like I'm okay. And like last last few week, last since Dallas, he's been pretty much limping out of here and limping through the airport on the way home. And right. it, at least it gives us more confidence building. Uh, and what about Ivan Tedesco, your buddy? Same thing as Villapoto. Did you see it? I, the, did, I just yeah. seen the carnage. I just seen the bike flip. Uh, how is he? Talk to him? No, he's, he's not doing up. too good. He, <laughs> you know, he, uh, when I, I talked to him today, and he, he told me this is the first time ever from crashing that he really thought that it was over, like he was going to die. -uh. His lung collapsed, broke ribs. He felt his lung, you know, something was wrong, and he felt it was filling up with fluid, and he really thought he was blacking in and out, and he was seeing spots, and... He wasn't too comfortable in his skin, put it that way. Yeah. And uh, scared him. Scared him really bad. And, you know, he's in a lot of pain right now. 
and uh, lap and a half game. left only too, fourth yeah. place. But he was going for it. I yeah. mean, the guy's been riding cautious. He, he hasn't really taken chances, and he's seen short in front of him. And yeah. you know, he's one of those competitors that he's going to go for it when he has to. And he he did what he had to do. And hey, that's racing. Yeah. Uh. So you're. So you don't strike me as all like, you're a, you're a, that's a racing guy. Like uh, that's the the crashes from RV and IT. That's racing. Yeah. What yeah. are you going to do? Right. I mean, it's our business. You can't. Feel you know you can't feel sorry. Now, nah, if you them. read some of the message boards, people are saying the tracks that's, are too say too yeah, dangerous. Bullshit. I mean, know, yeah. if that's the case and they all think they're too dangerous, that means every one of those riders should say we're not racing until that's fixed. Right. And sit there. And what about Reed did saying that did say that and they did fix it. At least they made a point of it on TV to show the dozer. <laughs> yeah. What they do? They rounded it off. They they yeah. just took the they took the case marks out of it. They yeah, didn't yeah. Do nothing. At Daytona, they fixed the track. Yeah. And they made it worse. But at least they tried. Why well, you thought that on off thing was. Was, yeah, was because not, they landed in that knuckle and it was just kicking them. They right, didn't have time right. to set up for it. Right. But I don't. I I really think if if all the riders come together, and they think that it's totally. I mean, if you, <clears throat> I seen on a video or something, someone had it on, uh, on the track walk. There was probably forty people standing in that one section looking yeah. at it. Right. So when all those guys are there, why don't they get together and say, "Hey, we're not racing tonight until <laughs> they knock this down, or do something with it." Hey, do you either one of you guys think that uh, it was in the back of Poto's head that, uh, you know, Dungey was behind him after, you know, he did that aggressive move on him? You know, and, and you know, they might have been thinking and thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that could have screwed him up a little bit, right. you know, thinking of this this guy's going to drill me. You know, I drilled I him. Can't, I can't even give him an opening. Yeah, I can't even give him yeah, a, a slightest opening. Yeah, but you know what, Dungey, I mean, isn't Dungey on some kind of probation, too, because that whole Lawrence deal? Uh, I don't you, Some bullshit. You never I mean. know about that probate. Like, that's you never all know. I, yeah. I, I agree with um, you. That whole John Gallagher thing and that whole thing is a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. Um, the rules oh. change week to week. K-Dub, <laughs> letting it all hang out. Uh, let's not forget, you're listening to the Paul Pimex Show. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis with Kenny Watson and Tony Baluti's in studio. Baluti uh, in the house. And Berlude. also, uh, you're going to get a chance to call in and ask us questions, ask Baluti, Watson questions, ask Tony Alessi, Jimmy Button, our guest tonight, 702-586-7857. We'll open the phone lines here in a little bit. And you will get a chance to uh, talk to our guests and ask us what uh, what's up with uh, what we think about things. So, having said that, I thought the whoops would cause more problems. But hey, they did slow. They were big, brothers. right? They're the big, but brothers? It was slow. Both the size yeah, brother no got shit. weeded. In the oh, I didn't see Pooh. I didn't see Pooh crash. But, yeah, he crashed yeah. too in the, in the LCQ, and then his brother did the same same, exact same thing. thing. They were big, man. When I walked the track, I, I was like. Thinking about those. Yeah, well, I was but you were so far up in the press box during the main, there was a rut right down the middle of the. Theater, oh, there was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't that bad. Yeah, they were short too, though. They yeah, true. You long. couldn't. You couldn't get. Uh, Berlut, did you get a chance to see uh, Poto's pass on Dungey for the oh, league? Yeah, well, I saw it on TV. And, I didn't see yeah. it, and then I saw it on the big screen. Uh, dirty. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I just think it was too early. I yeah. don't think he needed to do it. Um, I think it could have cost him, and even cost him this series. I mean, I'm yeah. seriously. I think that maybe in the back of his mind with Dungey, you know. Coming, you know, was going to come back and maybe drill him. I don't know. I yeah. don't exactly know what happened. Right. He knows. Maybe the Cowie guys know exactly yeah. if something happened. You know, they were talking on the broadcast about something about his rear brake or something, but who knows? Oh, they were? Yeah. 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 I think his throttle stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Philip RV was like, hey, I caught him because he did. You know, four seconds, five seconds. I caught him. Now I can't, I can't ride behind him. Because, you know, when you ride behind somebody, all of a sudden you start adapting to their pace. So he's probably like, I got to get by him ASAP. And that might have been the wrong spot, like you said. But uh, I think that's what was going through. Yeah, I don't want to say it was dirty. Yeah, I mean it's it's well, racing. Watson, Watson did. Well, I, I'm I. It was overly aggressive. I'm yeah. going to say that. I don't think it was necessary. Or I I I'm I think it was, screwed him up I, personally. I, it just it wasn't it wasn't good timing for mm-hmm. him. I think he could have 
I think he could have checked up. He could have blocked past him for sure and right. stuffed him. Come but in underneath, stop. Yeah. I mean, I looked at that thing three times, and it, that was right front wheel action. I don't know if he could have done that, Kenny, because he was going in there with a high rate of speed. Yeah. I really do. I think the only way he was going to make the turn, if he was going to make it, it was to, to, to nail him. Because yeah. dude, when you talk about checking up, I don't know. I think he went in there really, really hot, it looked yeah, like well, to me. Ah, you might be right. No, I'm just saying. Don't I'm grab not your mic like that. I'm not disagreeing with you. Just gotta move the. You just. I don't care. Don't tell me what to do. All right, fine. Uh, what about the uh, what about the lights class? Barsha, huh? Gone. Barsha. Checked out. I guess you guys were down, not getting ready for the main event. Not kidding you. Fifteen second lead by lap five. Massive. I mean, Dean Wilson washed out in a turn to help it out, but he got going pretty I good. I thought Dean Wilson looked the fastest out there. Uh, I mean, he, I he jacked up. And then Purcell, I knew that guy would pull off, and no disrespect to him, the guy's fast as hell, and he he. Uh, you didn't like that after the race? No, I didn't. We I, I called it. it. I think I think this guy's gonna pull off. I mean, he had nothing to prove, and you know, and uh, I kept saying, "No, he's French. He'll pull off." But I don't care. I mean, he yeah, he is French, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. But sure, left just, a lot of money on the table, though, huh? Well, yeah, I don't get why he high centered on the berm, dude, which he's is almost a lap down, dude. No, no, no. But what took him so long to get going? Dude, he couldn't. He because he was so go forward. Bike, he you know? couldn't. He couldn't put his feet down, dude. He was on top of the bike. No, but get off the bike and go forward. He couldn't on the berm. get off the bike, though. That's he just the thing. Get off because the bike. he was on the top of the jump, on the top of the berm, dude. He had nowhere he, to he stand. He could get off the bike. He stood at one point pulling on it. Back dude, and why forth. do you got to argue with me about everything tonight, dude? <laughs> I can see. I can see where this is going to happen. Uh, this is going. Well, anyways, let's talk about Barsha. Well, let's talk about Porcel. Berlut, if that's your rider, and actually his mechanic had bad luck, twisted his ankle, got hauled off on the that's the, uh, the asterisk medic mule. But so bad night for Team Purcell. If that's your rider, Berlut, you're pissed, even though he's almost a lap down. Well, he is a lap down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you got to go out and finish. I mean, uh, a guy like Purcell probably could have got tenth. I mean, being a lap down. Sure. Right. If oh, not yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it looked like to me when uh, Barsha was catching him, and then he let Barsha past him, and then he tried to get him behind Barsha, and Barsha kind of. Yeah, moved out on him, and then even in practice, like I was waiting for him to throw it down. Yeah, he never did, and he didn't do it. And then all of a sudden, those dudes came up behind him, and I, I just think he didn't really wasn't in the mindset. I think he was, was over it before he got there, like you're saying. Kenny. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure Mitch, that's not in Mitch's mo. He's, he's probably not happy about him pulling off for sure. Yeah, interesting quote from him. Uh, Jim Hawley was asking him about the Las Vegas shootout and if he's going to go for it. And he was like, uh, you know, I guess Holly said there's no truck this year. I guess Toyota's not giving out a truck for the winter like they have in the past. And oh, he was, really? Yeah. Because and, and, Barsha said on the broadcast he was going to go for the truck. Well, well, Holly, who might know, said there was no truck. And Porcel Probably. said, if there's no truck, I, I'm not trying. I don't care. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, but the lights class definitely was uh, lacking a little bit of drama without, uh, without you know, Purcell out and, and with Barsha with the massive lead. Wilson rode great, great though, coming back uh, from third or fourth to, to get second. And uh, if, he wrote you, good. if you prorate his finishes without miss, with missing those two races, he would have had third in the title, third in the championship. All right. Okay. You did your homework, you yeah, Steve. I, I did. Uh, oh, he's Canadian, so, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit biased on Understandable. that. Um, what about Matt Bonnie? How was his night, Watson? Struggled. This guy's been struggling all year. I mean, he, he, he wants to do it. He's working hard, and he's just uh, – I think he's – I just don't think that uh, he's he's giving it at all on the track. I think he leaves a little bit out there. Is he still he, hurt though, or no? Yeah, he, I mean, he's going to have knee surgery after the year. Is he? He's not really trying to use that as an excuse. He's still riding right. and doing what he needs to do. But he he's just not the same guy he was last year. And, no, and he's that's not. Just what it is. He's not riding with that aggressiveness and 
knowing how you know he takes people down and he you know he rides aggressive and he hasn't been riding like that all year and i think because at the beginning of the year the you know the uh the ama or john gallagher whoever you want to say got on him in right and, there is no know, ama anymore i don't think no it's there is FIM, no AMA, whatever right? they want to say it's I, feld slash fim they're making yeah, rules I want to they're say, calling let's shots. just call it john gallagher show because he calls the shots right so he gave him a warning and said that he's on probation if you get if they want to find him they're going to find him 10 grand so I think that he. Well, him and JT have a running battle, going on. Yeah, it's, it's, he was more pumped. He goes, "I caught JT. I got off the ground and passed him." I don't know what that deal is. The Butler brothers and you could talk to Berlude about that because Berlude he got a little fired up a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he, he did. I heard. Me. I heard. He was screaming at me that I needed to friend the Butler brothers, and I go, "Wait a minute! Well, I'm not buddies with those guys." <laughs> Defriend. And... Uh, uh, what about uh, Bonnie and Chisholm coming together? How yeah. was that? I didn't see it. Did you guys watch? Do you have yeah, a video? I saw it on film. And uh, Chisholm apologized. Chisholm apologized to me after the race, kind of, sort of. Like, he was like, I came together with Bonnie. You know what I mean? Like, he was, I was like, oh, okay. Well, he knows he's going to get it back. Was it? He's going to get it back. It was bad? Yeah. <laughs> he, Bonnie, Bonnie and him had a little talk, and Bonnie made him a, a promise. So yeah, yeah. We'll see if Bonnie well, lives up to it. Well, there's three races left. We'll and do then, some uh, frontier someone, justice. Someone out of, the, uh, out of their camp yelled at Bonnie, you got to catch him to hit him. You got to catch him to pass him. So I think that fired Bonnie up. So. Wow. Well, maybe we'll see I some mean, of Chisholm's that. I mean, Chisholm's riding good, man. Chisholm's riding really good. Yeah. Can't, I can't take that. Uh, that when guy. mechanics and team guys get into it like that, that's kind of gay, I think. Totally. Right. Like I've I mean, never been that guy. Like Muffin got in my grill one year, one time years ago when we're standing in the mechanics area, and I'm just like, whatever, guy. Like that happens though, Steve. It's emotions. I mean, I know. Fired. I mean, I, I get into it too, but yeah, not like I'm not going to take it out on the other mechanic. Nah, I tr- you try you know not I mean? to, but sometimes. Berlue sounds like he's done and it. Williamson, well. Oh yeah, you and Williamson got into yeah, it. Yeah, one time with Ferry and Tedesco, you know, and Williamson started kind of getting in my grill, and then that's when I because I, well, yeah. I just kind of stepped back, and and then right as soon as I said something, you know, you know, next thing you know, Williamson and I are kind of going out. Right. No big deal, but you know, it's yeah. it's your tempers are flared right now. Okay, you know? all right. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm not condoning me and, it. Steve. Me and Watson are the, the pacifists. Nah, out of this, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm not condoning it, dude. I'm not going to jump in someone's grill until they jump in mine. Dude, you were Moto Triple X crazy back then. <laughs> yeah, but I never went after other mechanics and riders and stuff. I was always the deal like, hey, it's between the riders. But if you want to get involved, we'll do it. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I never, I never provoked it and went after uh, a mechanic. So what did Chisholm do? Describe it to us and the, and the listeners. What happened? Right, first turn. Or what was it? Uh, he came into him and just put a gnarly block pat or a, slammed into him and gave him a freaking uh an little uh, elbow Berlude is that yeah that's accurate I, just, okay. I was just watching Kenny you know, do the, with do the elbow motion elbow right. motion it's right. kind of hilarious yeah and I, and, I, and I ain't taking nothing away from Chisholm Chisholm is definitely faster than Bonnie right now and you know but you know what racing's racing and you know you're gonna you know you gotta make the bed you sleep in so yeah well um, see what happens this is the problem I have with the uh, John Gallagher series as you call it Kenny <laughs> is uh they're not consistent um Tapia and Moss get into an actual shoving match on the floor Reed barely pushes off on Stewart and he would have been suspended for a race it got overturned but and Bonnie and JT I mean I watched I watched a couple of their battles it's whatever like but so your guy could go after a little bit of frontier justice next week and he could be disqualified oh for sure I mean you don't really know they need to apply him everything equally and, yeah, and then it's not equal so if you're going to settle it on the track, cool. Nope, I don't have a problem with that. Settle on the track, and we're all good. Everybody's good. But don't like let these guys settle it, but these guys can't. Okay, let me use this for an example. Yeah. Do you think Gallagher would have went and gotten Villapoto's grill and, and put him on probation for the pass that he put on Dungy? 
uh, I would have loved to have known that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what happens if if Matt Bonney does, does that same that, thing? Same thing. Right. Um, he yeah. did it. He did it to Lawrence and Dungey, they, and they didn't even. They just. Yeah. They were just in practice. Each other right. in the corners. Well, there's a history there, so you could say, uh, "Hey, there's a history." I, I mean, I'm not defending John. He's a good guy. I, I, he's a no, friend he's of mine. Not. <laughs> uh, but and and then so hey, I wasn't at Houston. Uh, but this weekend was my first glimpse of the sheriff, and uh, what does the sheriff need a new town or what's his deal? Uh, he struggled. He had bike right? problems the whole time. Right before the race, I went out. He was complaining about his bike all day. Motor problems, bogging, d- down on power, and they were trying different stuff. And they went out and r- fired the bike up before the the heat race, and the thing blew a head gasket. It didn't have a head gasket. They had to swap motors out of his practice bike and put it in. Really? And yeah. uh, I just don't think his head was in the game, you know. Yeah. The whole time, so uh-huh. he needs to definitely go back. He's not racing this weekend in Seattle. Oh, he's um, on? No, he's going to stay home. He has uh, another obligation to go do a, a, a local race. He's in a race there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, be back for the last two and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a good guy. He thanked me for coming on the show, which I thought was really cool. You know, you just don't get riders ever like. He's a class act. Yeah, yeah. cool. Right, really right. Cool. I thought it was really, I just, I'm straight up saying he didn't ride as good as I no. definitely knew. But now you explain it, it makes more sense. But, yeah. uh, Berlut, it's been a long time for you as a mechanic. And, uh, I mean, I lasted 11 years. Watson, how long were you a mechanic for? Nine. Nine. How do you keep going? 21 years now. I love it. Yeah. You know, just like I was talking to Guy B a couple of weeks ago, you know, and he, we were talking about the GP. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to be on the other side of the fence. Yeah. I'm going to go watch. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm t- the travel works on you after a while, but I I just, I'm it's in my blood. I love it, you know. <laughs> that's all, that's it's all the, I can it's say. It's the uh, competition, huh? Like the, I love the competition. Yeah. 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 Uh, I do. I miss that for sure. Uh, the thrill of having a rider do well, knowing that you, you know, was an integ- integral part of his bike. Although, as I was explaining to you on the plane ride back, I didn't feel that way at Yamaha all the time. <laughs> but uh, as an integral part of a guy, like you got into it, and, and that was really cool. But it's a lot of work, right? Yeah, it's a lot of work. I, I mean, mean, it gets it gets right? uh, pretty boring. Uh, not boring. It gets yeah. You get monotonous, maybe yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you get like start thinking, what the heck. You know, next week I got to do the same thing. You know, I mean, but I tell you what, it's a lot better nine to five. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, that's what I need to think about. Right. And I got to think that I'm fortunate I have a job at this point in time, and uh, you know, I'm doing what I love. Right. I you look know, at I look at it too. Like I've been I've traveled the I'm not traveled the world, but I've traveled a lot of places because of being able to righty tidy lefty loosey. Absolutely, you myself know, and, too. And I never would have had that chance. Never, because yeah. I'm pretty much a failure at everything else I've ever done. Yeah, you're, you so. heard it here. He said it. Failure. Thanks, Kenny. No problem. Thanks for backing me up there. No um, but uh, who are the riders you work for? Let's list them out for guys who don't know. Let's uh, let's go way back. Uh, well, I started out with Buddy Antonez. Um, what year, Suzuki? 1990. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, Jay Bone and uh, his brother, um, they they uh, recommended me to, to Budman. Okay. And, uh, Buddy's dad called me, and then Suzuki called me, and the rest is history. I went to work for him for a couple of years there, and then uh, we hooked back up, I think. Aren't you missing a guy, though, the guy we just talked about before the show started? Who's that? Before, no, Tommy Machine Gun. Oh, well, yeah, back in the privateer days. Well, yeah, I mean, we want to go through all the riders. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Okay, Tommy. Gilbert Lutz's brother was a top I know. national rider. He's in one of those magazines yeah, as I an up-and-coming star. I worked star. with him, too. You Alan Baluti. Yeah, crosses yep. and stuff, Alan. But um, Tommy, yeah, I worked with him, and then uh, – Okay. 
Uh, oh, Lowell Thompson. He was a great amateur kid coming yep, up. He and was. I, I worked with him. Whatever happened to him, like when he hit pro? Like, you know, girls, possibly <laughs> recreational yeah, yeah. stuff, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Uh, Shades of Eddie Hicks. Yeah. From what I hear. Great guy, though. Right. I, 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 the guy had a ton of talent. I really thought that guy was really, really mm-hmm. going places, but uh, I don't know. Okay. Life ruined him or something. Yep. So then I, I worked with, uh, I, it's, it's hard to remember them all. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> See, I can rattle off mine, no problem. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a few, but anything. Okay. I think Antonez, Lusk, Matasevich. Matasevich when he was number 12. 12, on a yeah. Suzuki, yeah. Yeah. Who'd you win your championships with there, guy? Um, oh, then Huffy was after Matasevich. That was a gravy train. Lots of wins. Yeah, really, you know, it was easy. I mean, That's I don't world. say easy, but I tell you what, I didn't. I never really experienced a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, fortunately. Two 125 Supercross titles. Yeah, he, he you know, he wrapped them up with uh, one and a half or two races to go. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a lot of pressure on me. Uh, also, really super easy on a bike. Yeah, he was. I, I know when he rode for Triple X, whoever was his mechanic was telling me, like, graphics and grips. Like, they. What blew my mind is the guy never went through brake pads and he never went through clutches. Yeah. I'm like, holy smoke. Right. How do you go fast not using your clutch and not <laughs> On using your brakes? Right. Yeah. Hey, did his dad uh, ever step into the into the mix, the third nah, world? His, his dad, Dave, was a good guy. You know, he was always really cool to me. He kind of stepped back. That? No, that's just because when he was a mini bike rider, dude, everyone used to think his dad was a cuckoo. Oh yeah, he, he had a little he had a little different program than other people. Dave was different, and certainly well, we're having way. somebody on tonight that has a little different program than yes, sir. other people. So, uh, yes, sir. Okay, so after Huffy, uh, I think I worked with. Um, I start. I was going to work with Decker, and then he got hurt there. Um, oh, the rear shock exploded on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, you got a good memory. Um, Vegas, and then Dob. I worked with Dob. He. Uh, he Suzuki helped him out for the Supercross series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was year ninety six. Uh, it must have been. I think uh, Wyndham won that year. Yeah, nineteen on the West Coast. Nineteen on a Suzuki ninety-six O'Neill gear. Yeah, you're good. Uh-huh. You are good. You got what about the memory. French connections? So, there, did bud? you work for Dob? Did you work for Dob when he won Red Bud the first moto? And no, sec- no, oh. he rode. He, no. Tom, Tom did. Tom Wallace. Tom Wallace did. Oh, did he? Me and him and Sheik had that little that Quicksilver. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, so he wasn't factory then. Okay. No. Yeah, he goes and wins the first moto and then basically he, left. On the podium, he said, I don't think I can race. I don't think I have anything for the second moto. And then I don't believe he even. I don't think he showed up, did he? Yeah, he did. He, he did? did a couple yeah. laps and pulled off, he right? He did a couple and pulled off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So uh, after Dauber? Uh, I think Pichon. Oh, Pichon. Yeah. I had two years with him. How was that? Oh, wow. It was, it was up and down. It was, you know, there was some good and bad, put it that way. <laughs> Let's uh in, in the press release today I said that you would tell the story about how his dad almost hit you the shovel. So yeah. let's 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 tell that story. Uh, we were out testing one time and uh it was at the end of the day, we're all getting tired. I'm you know right. and we're gonna do some gear gearing changes uh earlier and uh, I wanted to do it and he's like, No, nah, no, nah, I don't wanna do it, I don't wanna do it. So then all of a sudden at the end of the day he wanted to do it, okay? So I went and grabbed a chain from uh one of our Suzuki techs. Uh, and then uh, he said, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a good chain. It's the right length. It, it should work for that gearing. Well, it wasn't. So mm-hmm. I was kind of upset me real quick. I was like, said, you got to cut a new chain. Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you get did, all the grease off of it. You know what I mean? All the, yeah. yeah. It was just, it, well, it was just a fact that he said, yeah, that's it. And so I just right. got angry. I kind of threw it in the garbage. <laughs> so um, Pashan could see I was kind of angry. And he kind of liked to push my buttons a little bit when he saw that. So uh, he went and grabbed the chain out of the garbage. And he's like, hey. Is this chain good? And I said, no, it's not any good, yeah. you know. So next thing I know, the guy throws it at me, you know. Now, Pichon, 
Pishon yeah. threw it at me, and uh, he didn't throw it at my face, or you know, he uh-huh. kind of threw it more at me, like to at my feet or whatever, you right. know. And I kind of got up. I was, I was, you know, he was pushing my buttons yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, and then uh, apparently I didn't see it, but his old man had grabbed a shovel, you know, that we had on the truck, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Larry Ward saw it and told me later that the guy was gonna clock me with that shovel if I went at his kid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so his dad was a little, little out there. Ah, uh, he, there's a lot of stories. I'm sure you've okay. probably heard about him, but, uh, you know, great guy sometimes, but, uh, yeah, yeah. he, he loved his kid. He definitely, I, I would have never went after him, but I definitely let Pashawn know that, Hey, that ain't cool. Right. Right. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm here trying to help you. I'm on your team, you know, and you're doing this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, okay. So two years with Pashawn and then, ah, uh, who did I work with? Bernard. Yeah, there you go. Two years with Reynard. Why do yeah, I got to tell you who you worked for? Well, you're good. You're good. I, I don't, my memory's sometimes. Robbie Renard, number yeah. 17, one year. Uh, I don't know what he was the other year. Yeah, 17. What was our first year? 20? No. 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 Renard was good, huh? Great guy. Love the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He can ride a bike. I just wish he wasn't so mental on the mental side of it right. because there's certain days a guy was just He probably drove Roger crazy. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. did. Yeah, I'm uh, sure he did. Okay, so after Renard? Uh, I think I worked for Roderick Thane for one year. Oh, uh, yeah. And then Budman the following year again. So Budman came a comeback, yeah, yeah? Yeah, we reunited. And then uh, I had two years. <laughs> Are you listening, Kenny? Tortelli. Kenny. Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. Berlid. That's my guy, dude. Okay, all right. All right. So when two years. Speaks, two years I with listen. Tortelli and yep. then, uh, then where I'm at now, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Um, what am I doing? Oh, Burn. Two oh, years yeah, of Burn. Two years of Burn. Good guy, Burner. Good um, guy. Kenny, what do you, you think of when you were able to hire Berlut? You had to have been pretty pumped on that, huh? Yeah, you know, me and Berlut go back a long ways, man. Remember and, uh, Kenny when he had purple hair and green hair, Berluti? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When oh, he, yeah. yeah. he did some, always had some wacky shit. I know. <laughs> wacky shit. You know, me and Berlut go back. We got some good stories. We had a lot of fun together. You know, like I've always said, there was a few guys that kind of took me under their wing. And, uh, you know, I wasn't the, uh, the, normal, the normal guy back then. And uh, these guys were, I looked up to these guys, and Tony was one of them. And we, uh... We became buddies, and, you know, he was cool enough to let me stay in his room once in a while and work alongside of him and drive across the country and follow him and show me the ropes. And uh, I've always liked Tony. We've always been, you know, friends. Yeah. And I always knew that, that he was one of the best mechanics out there. And, oh, you, you know, work for Nick Way, too. Yeah, I work we for – Yeah, well, there Sorry. was a couple Sorry. guys – Couple guys got. Yeah, we just we just. Sorry, Watson. Clipped. I just I. Just hey, thank my you, mind. Watson. Though that's off. That's awesome of you, bud. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, that's, sorry to interrupt you. But uh, make, to make a long story short, yeah. uh, I knew Tony last couple years. You know, when I moved out to Vegas, I started working at Hart and Huntington, and you know, Tony was coming around the shop, and you know, we've been friends. We went to lunch a few times, and and I just threw it out there. You know, maybe uh, if you'd be interested in maybe coming here, you know, when his deal went up with Suzuki, mm-hmm. if uh, you know, and it just uh, everything fell into place, and yeah. Tony, you know. It's kind of uh, a lot of people don't know, but Tony lives in Las Vegas, and he traveled for the whole time he lived here. When got out of his box van and, and was pretty much paying out of his own pocket to uh, to live in hotels and stand on couches and working on bikes and yeah. driving back and forth. And he has a family out here, and it was just everything fell into place. And you know we were honored, and you know to have him. And Carrie was you know a big big supporter of it, and we wanted to bring Tony in, and and we're pumped. I mean, right. a lot of the times you know. Tony calls it as he sees it. If he doesn't like something, and, and that's what I like about it, it's like he can make my program better. Yeah. I think that I know everything sometimes, and I think my way is the really? best way. Shocker. Exactly, yeah. the shocker. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. 
and he calls me out, and I get a little butthurt, and I get all pissed, and he gets mad at me, and we scream and yell back and forth. And oh, at the end yeah? of the day, yeah. we, uh, we high-five and say, hey, sorry, you know, right. you're right. And I, when I learn from it, and, you know, I, I'm just I'm honored to have him, um, first of all, as a friend and a buddy, someone right. I know that I could call it, you know. KW, you're going to make me cry here in a minute. Come on, <laughs> I know, we got plenty of Kleenex. But anyways, uh, <laughs> make a long story short, yes, I'm honored bag. to have him. He's brought a, uh, a whole different element to our program. And uh, hopefully we can take it to the next level here in the next in the years to come. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I think it's awesome. And Berlut, what was it like leaving Suzuki after that long? I mean, had yeah, it been tough, tough, right? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I I've been wanting to get out of it for probably three or four years, and nothing nothing against you know Suzuki. I love I loved it. I have yeah. nothing but good things to say about him. I mean, for the most part. But uh, there's some stuff. Should have worked at Yamaha. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, didn't mean to say that. I heard enough of that, but uh, so I know I'm fortunate yeah. that I worked at Suzuki. You know, they they were a good company, but um, there were some egos there that I was glad to walk away from. Yeah. Uh, I was glad to walk away from having to travel to California all the time. You know, to you know for testing and stuff. I mean, they gave me a lot of uh, liberty to stay home. You know, when we weren't testing and stuff. Roger yeah. really didn't like it. Put the screws to me a lot of times. You know, it made me kind of feel bad that I wasn't there a lot, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I when I was there, I I gave it 100. percent Yeah, know, I, I I did 10 hour days, no problem, and I got my work done. I got what I had to get done while I was there. But right. I didn't want to be there standing around if I there was yeah, something to Vegas. do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I have a family, and and you know, he I I don't know if he understood it or just didn't want to understand it or whatever. You know, but uh, it was the whole Belgian English thing. Maybe that was it. Ah, uh, well, it could be they, something to do with it. But Flemish um, or whatever they whatever they speak. Yeah, he's, he speaks quite a few things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But, uh, no, it turned out good. Uh, so I had been kind of wanting to get out of there. And then when Kenny offered me the deal, I couldn't be happier. You know, I mean, it worked out great for me. And uh, really, really, you know, not having to travel. I'm, you know, this, I've had one of the most funnest years I've had, believe really? it or not. Yeah, oh, absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you say, you guys, we get our first guest on the line? Uh, Tony Alessi of awesome. Alessi Racing. Um, Can't wait. Should be good. Let me uh, dial yeah, him up. Yeah, we're going to call up Tony right now. Okay, listen, if you guys want to call in for Tony, right on. Go ahead and do so. But we're warning you right now, this isn't a blast Tony Alessi show. If you want to talk to him and ask him a question, right on. But, I mean, respect the guy, what he does. You don't have to love him, but just give him, uh, let, it, let him do his thing. And, uh, well, well said, Kato. Yeah, I mean, if you do, we're just going to hit the, uh, the uh, see you later Hello, button. Tony. Hey, Tony, it's uh, Steve Mathis, uh, Kenny Watson, and Tony Berluti, and you're live on the air for the Pulp MX Show. Thank you for coming on. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm also with sitting at the same table with Terry Varner and Gary Buker, who are our suspension and motor guides for Alessi Racing, our race shop. So yeah. we're all here together. Yeah, so, uh, Varner. How's it going over there? Yeah, Varner, yeah. making a resurgence as uh, Phil Nicoletti's mechanic. Did you yeah. know that, Watson? Yeah, yep, yep. And also, Varner obviously, was? he's... He's building motors for our right. race shop, and gosh, I mean, we've been getting so many orders lately. People, I hear about the recession, but man, I, we have 15 motors lined up right here to do because of uh, you guys' work is so good. You hey, know? hey uh, that's awesome. Uh, Berluti's yeah. in studio, and you, you, you want to say hi to him? Tony Berluti, hello, how, you how are bud? you? How's things? Hey, it's good. It's all good. How's it over there? Great. I've had a fun time. He, uh, great time. he doesn't have any tattoos yet. I tell everybody around here, Tony, Tony Berluti was the best mechanic that there ever was. And nah, especially at you were the you were the number one guy there. You're too kind. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> he, no, you're awesome, man. He doesn't have Appreciate any tattoos it. yet, though. So we're, we're working huh? on that. He needs some tattoos for that show. For that team. <laughs> for tattoos? that show. That's I, what they I call us, a side show. No, Berluti needs a tattoo. 
Oh, Berluti? Yeah. No, Italian guys like really don't. They're not into like yeah, tattoos. Yeah, doesn't into work out like that. No. Oh. I'm right there with you. <laughs> hey, hey, Tony. Ask Ask Warner yeah. about the time when uh, we were all at the river and he he pulls up to Copper Canyon all by himself in his boat with his dog, and we're sitting there watching him, and he has a barbecue bolted to the front of his jet boat, and he gets <laughs> up, he stands on the bow, taps his belly, like, dun, 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 and it dives in the water, and he comes out going, yeah, and he's all by <laughs> himself. Arnold, they're, tell, they're telling a story right now about you at Copper Canyon in your boat with a barbecue on there, and uh, all the boys, and all the boys, and you had your dog, and uh, you did some kind of a dude, 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 or something. Something happened. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> he tapped his That's belly when the water came out, yeah. screaming. Uh, all right, hey uh, Tony, let's uh, let's get to to talking about this season. How's things going on the uh, KTM 350 with Mike? Uh, KTM 350 with Mike um, is a uh, an ever improving situation. You know, yeah. um, um, obviously it's a new motorcycle which means development is, is, is what the key to the whole process is when you're talking about a new bike, and it's a process. So essentially, every week is progress. Every week the bike gets better. Every week um, the whole situation improves. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just glad to be back in California, close to the race shop, and uh, kind of working with all those guys and making improvements because that's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is the racing at REM helping is that uh is that yeah, you know, I, there's nothing, yeah honestly, there's nothing i think it is i mean there. like the first week that we went to rem um obviously there's 30 minute plus two motos frank thomason the guy that runs the place and jody wise of motocross action puts the track together and i think that those guys all do a really good job there and they give us the opportunity to ride real motos you know long motos and and uh you know and you pass guys and you race and you do starts and i think it's all really good and I mean, the first week we went there, I, I don't think we were that good, to be honest with you. And then, uh, obviously, last week I thought I saw a marked improvement. Yeah, so, let me ask uh, you a question, um, Tony. We made improvement with that. Let me ask you a question there, buddy. Yes. Tony Amaridio still the king of REM? I haven't seen him there, but uh, I know that he used to be the king of REM. But um, well, that's, that's I haven't all, seen him there. I've been dying to ask that question. <laughs> that's all Watson really needed to know. That's all I want to know about Tony. I think the guy that rides. I think the guy that rides there the most is Dennis Stapleton. I think he's the king of REM. Dennis the, the MXA guy, MXA tester. Yeah, uh, there you go, Jody Weissel. Hey, what, uh, what 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 happened in Europe, Tony? Uh, uh, I was looking forward to uh, seeing Mike race some GPS, um, and it didn't go that well. Talk about your guys' uh, stay in Europe and uh, and all that. Um, as you know, like we had a plan at the beginning of the year to, to do building blocks, you know, like we were trying to put Mike in a position to have a, a, a building block every month to improve and to go up. So we started out obviously riding the Southeastern races. We went to places like Mill Creek. We went riding with Matt Walker. That was awesome, you know, and went to Cycle Ranch and when we went to Cycle Ranch, we had a crash and hurt ourselves. He, Mike, um, hurt his scapula and it was kind of cracked so that cost us cost him you know about um, six weeks or so and then the next building block after that was to go to draw, ride all the winter ams that were in florida so mm-hmm. we kind of mike went there kind of cold turkey and rode the winter ams we did he did five five races out there and um that worked out okay i mean we actually i think we built on that time that we were there and so the next building block was to go to Europe and ride the international preseason races. Mm-hmm. And we arrived there, um, and the, the thing that went bad was three days before we, before we were to leave to go to Europe, we rode at a track called Bosquets, 
which mm-hmm. is in uh, kind of central Florida. You probably know where that is, Steve. You heard of that track, right, Bosquick? No, actually, I haven't. Don't know it. Bosquick Creek, really awesome track. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we went we went there, and Mike was doing motos on that day, and, and I thought he was riding good. We were up to, you know, doing 30 plus twos, and his speed was good, and he was riding the bike good, and everything was good. And um, I don't know exactly how he crashed, but he crashed, and it was a big crash. And so he re-injured his shoulder at that time mm-hmm. in the scapula area. And so we, were, we had to leave three days later, and it was like, okay, what do we do? Do we not go, or do we go and try to at least get the bike working good? Because the whole goal was to go there was to get the motorcycle working better, work with the Austrians and hopefully the Italians, and get the motorcycle working better and to do some racing. So we got to Europe, and so that was three days after. So the, the, the crash happened on a Friday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. We got, we got on a plane on Monday. We got there Tuesday. We started testing on Wednesday. And a whole new motorcycle came out, whole new suspension, and you know what? He was still in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So we tried to ride through it. It went okay for the most part. I mean, he was, Mike was dealing with it, you know what I'm saying, for the most part. Um, then we got to the first race, which was a couple days later, and had a new bike, new suspension set up, and his injured shoulder, you know. And it was raining for two days straight before the race, and it was a sand track, and it was just... Sandy, deep, and gnarly, you know, right. and, and Mike was saying during the Saturday day, he's like, man, I, uh, I'm having a hard time out here. It's, uh, I can't hang onto the bike. My shoulder's hurting, and, you know, because I'm not riding the bike right, it's not handling right. So it was a case of, you know, a couple things going on at one time. But we, Mike got through that Saturday program. It wasn't spectacular. Um, and then uh, Sunday morning was qualifying, and the track was still pretty, pretty gnarly. And uh, so he came in and basically said at that time, you know, I can't, I can't do this right. I'm going to end up having a big crash. I can't hold onto the bike. My shoulder's hurting, and you know the setup that is is going on with the bike is set up when I'm healthy, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just it's not working. And uh, so at that time, uh, they talked to uh, pit buyer, and pit buyer said it's better just to put the bike away and uh, let's call it, call it off for this race because there's too many things going on at the same time that are not going to work out. I mean, Mike's shoulder was hurt, the setup wasn't working for him, and he felt at that time it was probably going to lead to a big crash. So we called it off, and they uh, sent us to Rome after that, and we stayed with the Carly Racing, which is a fantastic team. They are amazing. Um, Really tight-knit group of Italian guys, and we stayed in Rome for two or three weeks, and worked on the setup, and Mike's shoulder obviously had some more time to get better, and he got the ride with Cairoli pretty much um, during the week all the time, mm-hmm. and got to travel to a lot of places. Uh, those guys took us to these tracks that were on the Mediterranean Sea, these big, deep, gnarly sand tracks, and you'd be amazed at how good those guys can ride that wet, deep sand. Yeah. But well, pretty much sa- every yeah. day in Rome, it rains, and... Uh, it's cold, you know, and the conditions are tough. And we rode in mud uh, more days in those two, three weeks than I can remember riding in years. And um, so I think that that went pretty good for the most part. We got a better setting for the bike. My shoulder got better. And um, then we went to another race after that before it was time to leave. And that race was in France. And, um, again, it was muddy and mud hole and cold, all, all, the, all the normal European things. It's kind of weird because when you're in Europe, for the most part, if you're an American, 
you're in a state of confusion the whole time you're there. Because you can't understand the language. You can't understand the street signs. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what people are saying. You're, you're pretty much confused the entire time. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, went to the race. And, uh, I mean, Mike showed speed, you know, for a few laps in the race. But obviously he didn't have the strength to go the distance, you know, at that time because of the injury. But, I mean, he made passes on Caroli and Noggle. And, and he actually went from, you know, sixth or seventh on the start straight to, I think, first second or third in all the races, but he couldn't sustain that. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that was pretty much Europe, and I don't, I don't think that we built anything there. We didn't, we didn't go up there. You know, I think mm-hmm. that for the most part that was uh, maybe a whole block down for us. Yeah. So at that time we came back here to California and then uh, started working closely with the team and, and uh, getting the settings good. And by the time that we were about, I would say, halfway through March, I would say that it's Mike's shoulder was pretty good, and um, at that point time, it was it was a better opportunity to to do settings for the bike because now Mike was healthy and it was he was riding the bike you know properly. Right. And from that time to now, it's been a month or so, and I think the bike has improved and he's improved, and I think that's where we're at now. I think we're back on a higher block again. Right. I mean, right. I feel like Mike could have been two or three blocks higher right now, but we had a couple setbacks. And those setbacks have put us where we are now, but I don't think we're in a bad position. Right. I think he's in a pretty good position right now. I think so, you're in a great position after this weekend, huh, Tony? <laughs> what What did you? Uh, and I think Watson's alluding to uh, Ryan Villapoto's crash. What's your take on uh, St. Louis and everything that went down there? You know, honestly, I'm. You won't probably believe this, but i I wanted that guy to win the I wanted that guy to win the championship. I can't believe I ever would say that because of all the rivalry, but I. I really did want him to win the championship. I thought he was the the fastest guy. He won seven races, and and honestly, I feel sick inside, you know, because uh, I I mean I just feel for him, you know. Like there's a guy he can see the championship. He's winning races. He's on top of the world, and like now today he wakes up and it's like his world is over, you know. And it just I I feel terrible for the guy, you know. Honestly, just sick inside. Well, we'll see what he's made of, man. True champions overcome uh, diversity, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Hey, let me ask you a question, Tony. There's a lot of rumors going around that you guys are not going to be on an orange bike. Can you put that to rest or maybe let some people in on some stuff? Well, or are you guys looking at I mean, different... I can say this. I mean, like, we get race teams that talk to us and talk to our agents all the time. I mean, some of the highest level teams are always talking to us. I mean, when we were in our first year of Suzuki, KTM was talking to us about, you know, two years down the road. It's not uncommon. You know that, Kenny. You run a race team. I mean, you're talking to guys for next year and the year after. I mean, that's just normal in this industry. Guys are talking to us all the time. So they're I mean, talking as far to as you Moto right Concepts now? Go, as far as Moto Concepts go, I mean, my son Jeff rides for that team. And, uh, you know, that team is, is, uh, has got a lot of potential for the future. I mean, they have uh, Michael Young, who's over there, who spent many years testing for Kawasaki, and he's a pretty freaking smart guy, you know? And uh, then you have uh, Eddie Larratt, you know, a lot of guys that used to work with us. They're all working over there. It's, uh, they, uh, they have a lot of potential over there. You know, Derek, uh, he was a longtime uh, Alessi person, you know, and he's yeah. working over there. And the owner, uh, Mike Genova, I mean, the guy uh, is really uh, all about racing motorcycles and, and doing good for the sport. And so I, I think that team's good, you know, and they do a good job. And obviously, they're not the only ones that are that all are talking to us. There's people always talking to us about, hey, what are you doing next year? Or what are you doing the year after? So they're talking it's about normal. next year. I'm talking about for the Outdoor Nationals. 
I mean, I, there's just mass rumors going on that you're not you're going to switch brands. You're not going to ride a KTM at the nationals. You're going to be on you know a pink bike. Who knows what color? But I yeah, know you're Michael saying, Essie is Michael Essie is riding a KTM 350 at the AMA Outdoor Nationals this coming year. So yeah. I hope that that helps put whatever uh, to rest. But uh, yeah, that's that's a for certain thing, um, and I don't see anything changing uh, in in any way. Um, do you do you what do you make of uh, Stefan Everett's quote uh, from a Racer X interview that said, uh, "As far as we know, we're going to start the nationals with them. It is not so easy to work with the family." Uh, as recently as a week and a half ago, what do you make of that quote? Did it uh, did it upset you a little bit? Um, Stefan Everett is an eleven time world champion, you know, and I think that for the most part, you know, his prime directive is working with the MX2 team, which is like the Red Bull, the Lights team, or whatever you want to call it, in Europe. And uh, his riders are Jeffrey Herlings, uh, Sean Simpson, and uh, Marvin Musklin. And uh, I think that 90% of that guy's focus and effort is all involved in there. So I don't think that he's really that close or that in touch with what we're all doing. We don't talk to him. We never hear from him. Um, He doesn't, you know, I don't see him here in the USA ever. So I think that his focus is that team, you know, and so... Um, maybe what he's basically saying is, I, I'm not sure exactly what he's saying, but he doesn't have any one-on-one with any of us. Right. So I, I, I can't speak for him. I just know that he's an 11-time world champion, and his focus is the Red Bull light team in Europe. And he doesn't have any part at all in Cairoli's program or anything like that. Those guys run their own program at DeCarly, and uh, the U.S. runs its pro- own program here right. in the United States. Hey, were you guys on the same bike as Cairoli when you were in Europe? You know, um... I know this. I, I can't give you specifics, but this is what I do know. Um, like, we spent a lot of time with Cairoli, and when we would do starts, like, Cairoli could beat Mike by half a bike length every time. Wow. And um, um, I know that his suspension settings are different than what we ride. I, I don't know. If, uh, Mike likes the bike more firm. I think American riders and, and most of the American riders like a firm bike. I mean, Steve, you tell me, did Tim Ferry like a firmer bike, or did he like a softer bike? Uh, well, his front end was a major importance. Like the forks had to be, uh, he had to feel the forks. So I guess it would be a softer front end. He had to feel the, the forks, the front wheel, the front tire. It was all very important to him uh, to get a feel in his hands of what the bike was doing. Right. See, and that's how the Europeans set their bike up the same way. They set their bike up kind of soft and right. where, like you just said, you can feel everything. And Mike's settings are more firm. You know, they're stiffer settings. So I think in that aspect, the bikes are different. They like different stuff. Their weight's about the same. Caroli's uh, 150, Mike's 152, so their weights are about the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but well, his, Caroli, uh, Caroli has two pounds in his nose, so Mike's in. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Tony. So, I'm messing around, Tony. So we, uh, but we, we can definitely say that you guys haven't been happy. I don't want to use the word happy, but you guys haven't been satisfied with the bike's performance of late, and, and, and you're, you're a little bit behind the eight ball going into the season, would you say, or, or are you confident you're going to be right where you need to be when that gate drops at Hangtown? Um, I think motor setting-wise, I mean, I, I see Mike pulling whole shots just like, just like always. Um, I don't see any changes in any of that. And um, I would say that for the most part, uh, I think everybody around here is pretty happy with everything that's going on. Hey, I mean, the, like I said, the bike is improving, and I think that the, 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 the staff, at KTM, those guys, they don't sleep at night. They're just trying continuous new ideas and new ways to make the bike the absolute best motorcycle on the racetrack. I mean, that's what they did in Europe. I mean, that's how they teach the guys to think. 
You know, make the motorcycle the very best motorcycle on the track. And as you can see, Cairoli and Nagel are one, two, and yeah. Musklin and Hurlings are one, two, and the girl over there, Steffi Lair, first place every week. And now this week at the works race, it was Mike Brown and, uh, 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 What's the other kid's name? Mike Brown and and Caselli won two in the works race. So right. hopefully we can just keep that whole trend of winning, uh, bring it right into the AMA Nationals. Hey, Tony, I have a question for you. Um, the first GP, uh, I heard that uh, Caroli was a little underpowered, who? or else he probably hey, would Hey, who, who am I talking this to right is now? This Berluti. Berluti. Oh, yeah. hey, Tony. How are you doing? Good. I didn't know who I was talking yeah, to. Yeah, no problem. Um, but anyway, uh, I heard I heard the first race that Caroli was a little underpowered. I don't know exactly the track, but... Uh, do you feel that's going to be an issue with you? Um, you know, I, I think your son could pull a whole shot on a moped, personally. I mean, he's a great star. His technique's unbelievable. But uh, after the start, do you think you guys might have a little problems uh, as far as power? You know, I don't see that. You know, I mean, uh, I don't think that there's a power problem because the KTM 350 internal, it has 10 pounds less rotating mass than all of the 450s that are out there. So... I mean, yeah, it, it may have less numbers, but the quickness of the bike is amazing, you know? And that's because of the easy and quick acceleration because the parts are so light inside, you know? What, what about and, uh, Caroli over there where there's, I, like I said, I heard the first round. I think he, Caroli, he, he, I, think there's, I think he's won two out of the four motos so far. No, and I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's hole-shotted two of the four races well so I, 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 think I, I understand right that now. i just i just read or heard that uh, he was a little underpowered um because i think he is by far the best rider over there personally hey tony if you, you know if, if things don't work out <laughs> if, if things don't work out on the 350 do you have an option to switch to a 450 or is that not even um, not even in the thought process um no i think that uh, i don't if i'm not mistaken mike's contract i don't even know if i can speak about it or not but i i think he can ride whatever he wants Okay. I got another question for you, Tony. This is Kenny. Uh, what's the difference between the bike that you guys got on to test to see if you were going to go to KTM when you compared it against your four, your Suzuki 450 that it was the best thing in the world and now it has problems? What's the difference? What happened between now and then? Uh, I'm not sure what problems you're referring to. Most of the problems that I think that I we had problems. was basically I mean, Mike being hurt and not being able to ride the bike properly, but... Um, I think that uh, the Suzuki 450 that we rode last year, obviously, you know, you're talking about guys like Roger DeCoster and Ian Harris, and, and I mean, Tony Berlini knows that these guys, they have years of experience, you know, and they, they've been doing it forever. And so, you know, for them to build a good bike is like, you know, second nature, you know. And so, of course, our 450 Suzuki was great last year that we rode, and, uh, but um, in terms of, like, acceleration and quickness and, lightness and cornering i think ktm has got a lot a lot of potential in those areas cool for sure uh, hey tony let me ask you about this uh what do you think about that inside the outdoors show uh were you happy with the way everything you, you guys were portrayed and uh, were you happy with the production of the show and all that well i think the things that i could say are good obviously is i think we got more uh tv time than anybody else and i mean i think you know how much that has a value of mm -hmm. and uh I mean, you know, we might have played it up a little bit because that's part of the role-playing that, that goes on when you're acting on TV. But at the end of the day, I think that we, uh, I mean, I think that we got a lot of airtime. And if you have to take that and ask how much it was worth, I mean, I mean yeah, maybe you have to act it up a little bit to get that kind of airtime. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I think we got huge value out of it. Was it, sure. was it true that I heard that everybody in that show had to see the footage beforehand and approve it? Was that true? Did you, did you know what was coming? Uh, 
I'm not understanding the question. Like, did you get to watch the episodes and approve approve all your all your um, parts in that show before it went to air? Oh, uh, like, yeah, absolutely. You did, absolutely. okay. Yeah, so I heard, they I heard, sent over every episode before. I heard and, that. I mean, yeah. not only us, but guys like Mitch Payton and all that. Yeah, yeah, everybody. It, yeah, every, and everybody. So, um, and, and I, I mean, we didn't require it. They just they just sent it over and mm-hmm. said, hey, we want you to take a look at this. Are you okay with all this? And, uh, and obviously, um, <clears throat> I'm aware that, you know, we were uh, pretty, you know, a little loud for less lack of a lesser word, but, uh, I mean, that was all part of the role-playing to uh, to achieve what we wanted, which was to get as much airtime as possible. Um, all right, we're going to open up the phone line, 702-586-7857, 702-586-PULP. Uh, give us a call to talk to uh, Tony Alessi and uh, pick his brain on maybe some whole-shot secrets. Uh, Tony, I want to read you a quote that uh, from Roger DeCoster, and uh, it said uh, basically like this at the end of the season. Uh, they never trusted us. They thought they would could outsmart us. Uh, end quote. Another quote was, um, "You would work. They would agree to work with us, and then as soon as we went away, they would go and do their own thing." Uh, what do you got to say about Roger's quotes about working with you uh, last season? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Roger has been doing this forever. I was just watching some video, like on on the internet, that Mike wanted me to see when. Jeff Leask and all these guys were riding the GP. I don't even know when that had to be, like in the 80s. And Roger DeCosta was the team manager then, you know. So obviously a guy like Roger has a million years of experience. He's been doing this probably longer than anybody. He probably knows more than anybody. Um, But uh, as far as we go, I mean, like uh, myself and Mike, you know, I mean, and Jeff, I mean, if anybody were to tell us, you know, we not to win the race, I mean, we're going to have a problem with that, you know. We're not geared like that. Our life is, is based on ride and race to win. That's mm-hmm. what we live for. And if someone is, is instructing us not to win the race, we're not going to support that. And we're obviously not going to trust that. And so, I mean, that's all I can really say So what do you say? They told that. you not you know to mean? win? What's that? So they told you not to win? Well, without going into too much detail, during the Supercross season last year, I mean, I mean, we were instructed basically – you know, to when Chad Reed was in the race with us and we were leading the race, we were given instructions that basically said, without too many words, Let you're not, not allowed to race that guy. Not allowed to race that guy and not beat the guy, you know. And, and obviously, if, if possible, you know, to slow down the other guy, you know, without mm-hmm. going into t- too many words, that was our instructions. And so, you know, you tell me. I mean, it'd be like me telling you, Kenny Watson, that you're not allowed to be the best team manager you can be. Or you, Steve Mathis, and not be the best journalist that you can be. I mean, if, if someone was telling you that, you probably wouldn't feel too good about that person because you're not able to do your job to the best of your ability. Hey, Tony, this is Tony. I had a problem with that, too, you know, going to a manufacturer like that. You know, that, you, that, is, that is a problem because it's, 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 it's not really a team sport. It's your son against 40 other guys on the gate. I understand that. But if you're not in the points hunt, you know, it – when you're riding for a major manufacturer, it becomes kind of a team sport, and that's just kind of the nature of the game. I, and, I, and I understand what you're saying, but uh, other than that, I, I don't think he told you that for outdoors, did he? No, for outdoors, we, I mean, Mike, for the most part, we skipped testing completely, as you're aware of that. We didn't participate. We had a good setting from 08 uh, where we were able to use that bike to race James Stewart and actually lead, uh, I remember, remember, 100 laps. So I think that we, you know, Mike, for the most part, had a good setting. So 
we kind of stayed away. Mike stayed away from all of that, and we just kind of did our own thing. And uh, and when we came out uh, during the motocross season, I think that Mike was uh, fantastic. You know, I mean, was, yeah. on on most days we would be, uh, you know, most of the riders like uh, Texas, for example. I was amazed at his speed on that day when he was winning motos by thirty seconds. Yeah, you know? awesome. so yeah, we had a great it. bike, and those guys, man, uh, they they just. Tool time, Tim. Of course, you know him, Tim McAdams. That guy was fantastic for Mike, you know, and uh, always was there to make sure the bike was perfect. And he was really supportive for, with Mike on the starting line. And I think those two were awesome together. And uh, it was fun, you know. That was really a lot of fun, I have to say. You want to take some calls, Tony? We'll switchboards lighten up here. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's okay. Hey, welcome to uh, the uh, Paul Bay Mac Show. You're on the air with uh, Tony Alessi. Who's this? This has been. Hey, Hasbin, what's going on? Uh, right. our, our regular caller here, uh, Tony Alessi. Um, Hasbin, take it easy on him. Hasbin, take it easy on Tony. You got a question for him? Yeah, Tony, um, now, that, now that you explained the, uh, the acting uh, angle on the show, that, that puts my mind at ease. Uh, but what I'd like to know is, uh, you know, the... From uh, from Everett, uh, from KTM, calling that you, you know, saying that you're difficult. Do you have full factory support, um... And if so, like, how many bikes are you running? Do you have a, a KTM tech that's, that's with you? Are you running out of the, uh, the, the KTM facility in Southern California, or are you doing everything on your own? Um, actually, to be, here's, here's our status. We have no motorcycle whatsoever that stays here. Um, there's one 350 KTM motorcycle that, that's uh, KTM factory in USA, and um, the, the technician that um, is responsible for that bike is Kelly, Lumgarner, who used to be Tyler um, last year, and he was uh, about a five-year KTM uh, Europe guy. And so uh, essentially how it works is they bring the motorcycle here on the riding days. Mm-hmm. We do the riding, and the bike goes back to KTM. They service it, prepare it for, for the next riding day. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, I, I have no KTM motorcycle ever here is on that, our premises. Is that a little frustrating to you guys? Or is that, is, that, is that frustrating to you guys, or does that work out all right? Um, you know, I would prefer to have, you know, well, I think both Mike and I would prefer to have a motorcycle around here if we ever want to work on, you know, like corners or stuff like that. But obviously that's a, um, a very special bike. It's a prototype bike, and uh, so that, that bike has to have a lot of control. And so that's how that that's program works. They all right, let's keep take, a strict control over the bike. Let's take another call here. Paul Mech Show, you're on the air with Tony Alessi. Who's this? This is Mark. Hey, Mark. What's going on? Thanks for listening tonight. And uh, what's your question for Tony? You know, I just, um, the rumors concern me about him leaving KTM. Uh, I really think that's a win-win for Mike. I've been a fan of those guys for a while. And uh, I liked him at Suzuki. I liked him at KTM. And I think he's a, a winner kid. I just, I, I think it would be silly for those guys to leave KTM. So that's my two cents, and I'll hang up now. Well, that's your two cents. All right, there you go, Tony. You uh, you got a fan that says stay at KTM. So. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mark, for that. Uh, like I said, um, for us right now, I don't. There's there's no no plans, immediate plans for anything doing anything different. And uh, obviously, our best overall finishes that we have ever had on the season have been on KTM. So, you know, second right. overall in the championship in 2005, second overall in 2006 and 2007, second overall again in the first year in the 450 class. So. Our best results overall on uh, motocross seasons have come on KTM motorcycles. All right. Hey, Paul Pimex Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Mike Steinoff. Tony, it's Mike Steinoff. What's up? Hey, Mike Steinoff, the wheelie king. <laughs> What's happening? 
nothing, man. I didn't really you have a question for you. Guys over there, Mike Steinhoff grew up with me. We were like seventh grade or eighth grade in Simi Valley, and he's the only guy that I can remember that could ride a bicycle in the wheelie formation for five miles. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Kenny and uh, and Mathis this weekend about you. Yeah, yeah, the old uh, the old announcing days. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Mike. Thanks for uh, calling there. Do you have a question? We, we got I don't really have a question. I just, okay. I'm just reading on this chat board about how everybody kind of roasts you and all the stuff that goes on. I just want to tell everybody that Tony's not really the bad guy that everybody complains him to be. I mean, he's just a guy who just wants the best for his kids. In my opinion, is any parent would be the same way, you know? Right on. There you go, Tony Steiny. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks no a lot. Problem. Hey, Tony Steinhoff told me that he, had, he found a picture of you from Indian Dunes, like an 80 novice on a Kawasaki. Oh, yeah, he did say that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, did I ride a Kawasaki? I thought I rode a Yamaha. He said, he said you always had the trickest bikes, too, as a kid. Always. No, no, my bikes were good. Hey, you want to hear who ported my cylinder one time? Yeah. Eric Kehoe ported my cylinder. And he had his, you probably don't know this, but back in 1980, in 81 and 80, Eric Kehoe out of his garage in Granada Hills, California. I didn't know Kehoe knew how to do that. Own, <laughs> own race shop. Called EPM, Earthquake Power Machines. Wow, I didn't There's know that. There's some trivia that probably a lot of people didn't know. Who'd yeah, he ported my cylinder, Did and it was good. Did you ride for Suzuki Van Nuys? Yeah, Richie James and all those guys out of Suzuki Van Nuys. That was a long time uh, ago. Right, was Zoli on your team? Let's take some calls. We'll switch boards light. Uh, Zoli Mazzaras, okay. Louis Franco, come on. Pa- Zoli. Zoli was awesome. He rode an RM100. Hey, Paul Pimex Show, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Grendel. Hey, Grendel, uh, we got Tony Alessi on the line, uh, one of your... Uh, you got a fan here, Tony. How's it going, Greg? How's it going, today? Thanks a lot for all the, the good write-ups. I, I, I know that Mike has mentioned a couple of times that you're always uh, there to support him, so we're, we appreciate that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to reiterate what, what Steinoff said. I know you, you guys aren't the bad guys, I and mean, it's ridiculous, and a bunch of bored people, you know, exaggerating things because they're bored. Uh, I wanted to I'll ask you, though, about that, though. You mentioned the, the inside the outdoors thing. Uh, did it surprise you to get that, that much scrutiny over an episode where it's it's basically focused on how you guys trained and nobody else did. Like people are, they had the other racers out there playing with RC cars and stuff. Was was it surprising you to to get that much backlash over something that like that you should be doing? Well, I just think a lot of people don't understand it. It'd be like this, you know. Like this is the way I look at it. All right, say for example that you're going to go to war. You know what I'm saying? They put you through boot camp. And in boot camp, basically, when you're there, they are really hard on you because they want you to survive. They want you to survive when you're in war, you know? And, I mean, I don't have to tell Mathis this because he's met a mechanic and he's been through those wars every week for 100 weeks, you know? Summer, and summer cross racing is night. war, you know? And you have to go there ready, you know? You can't be soft. If you're soft when you go to those races, you will die. They will kill you there. But you know what? If you go there and you're prepared and you're strong and you're tough, you know, I mean, you're going to survive those races, and you're going to come out maybe on top more than the other guys will. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that a lot of the stuff that you saw on TV there, that was a lot of it was kind of hyped up a little bit. But for the most part, I mean, our curriculum is good, you know, and a lot of writers from just recently, like, I mean, uh, Tyler Rattray and Tommy Searle and, and Brock Tickle, all these guys come here because we help them get better. You know, we make conditions that are tough. You know, they're not riding around at, you know, local tracks or whatever. They're coming, and they're working hard, and they're sweating, and they're they're going through the grueling motions of what they have to face at an AMA National. And, 
and they know that that program will help them succeed, do and you, they all come. Hey, Tony, do you do you get on the message boards, and do you read them, and uh, does it ever bum you out at some of the things that people say? I mean, what... No, not really. I mean, I, I do. I'm not going to tell you that I don't go on there. I mean, like, Mike will call me up and say, hey, yeah. dude, they're talking stuff. You want to come look at it? Because Mike reads the stuff. You well, know? And, and if yeah. anything, it kind of bums him out because, you know, I mean, he's just trying his best every week and trying to be a good person. He is. I mean, I mean, when have you heard Michael Essie involved in drugs or alcohol or drunk somewhere or rolling a, a car somewhere or being in trouble, you know? I mean, he's a good kid. I mean, he treats his girlfriend really nice and he lives a clean lifestyle and and he, tra- he trains like a, like a freaking military guy, you know, or just hardcore training, you know, like right. Navy SEAL. And, uh, you know, sometimes it bums him out, like, dude, why do they do this? You know, they don't even know us. Well, I don't yeah, know why he's been training like come out and hang out with us for a while long, Tony. And, yeah. see, and see how we operate, you know. And uh, so, yeah, like, to answer that question, I, I get on there and see stuff, and I'm like, yeah, you know, even a couple times we had, a, we had to do some responses, you know, to some right. of that stuff just to uh, kind of settle things down. Uh, Grendel, you have any other questions or comments? Just one more. I don't know if I'm thinking too far ahead here, but uh, I know back uh, a few months ago you said that you were just taking this Supercross season off. Uh, do you know yet, or does it depend on how the Nationals go, if you'll be doing uh, the Supercross season next year? Well, I can tell you this. The reason that we couldn't race, obviously, Supercross this year is because we had a new model that we were involved with, and that bike obviously didn't meet homologation because it – wasn't going to be here in the States until, like, these months, you know? And so, obviously, we would have raced Supercross if, if uh, we were able to do that, but we were not able to do that. So, in the future, I mean, we have a lot of plans to ride Supercross, for sure, you know? Uh, I mean, Supercross is a big part of the sport. I mean, a lot of the fans go to watch those races and their kids and their families, and, you know, we are, are big in that. And Mike loves the kids, you know, and the kids love Mike, and so... Uh, of course, that's definitely our plans for the future. There you go. Uh, Great. Thanks Thanks a lot for your time, Tony. Hey, and thanks a lot for all the support. I appreciate that, Grendel. Hey, a lot, of people, this summer. Bye. a lot of people don't know, but Tony Alessi used to be a journalism. He used to be a journalist. Sure. Tony used to write for Cycle News. Cycle News, yep. To help pay the bills. Tony worked 40 hours a week. He announced. He was an announcer. Then he wrote. And he, dude, Tony Alessi, did you, Tony, what happened? How come you didn't ride the race of champions back in the day? You were I did the... ride the Race of Champions. Oh, so there I you did. go. I rode the Race of Champions in 1979 at Saddleback Park. I got ninth place. Ninth place. Let's nice. uh, let's take a call on that. Pulp MX. Hey, uh, Mathis. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Grendel. It's, it has been. Uh, I got a question for, for Tony Lefty. Um, with with the, the advent of the, uh, the, the outside sponsor-supported teams, like uh, Jacob Meister, KTM, uh, do you think that that's going to be the future of, the, of our sport? Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking exactly. You mean like do you th- uh, the big outside sponsors that are paying the bills type of thing? Yeah, thanks, Hasbin. I just uh, dropped him. But, yeah, Hasbin's question was basically do you think you're going to see more and more branding by outside sponsors and less, you know, Honda racing or less Yamaha racing and more Jägermeister or Red Bull? You know what I mean? Do you think the OEMs I think are going to be – it's all based on the economy. You know, the more right. people buy motorcycles, the more money the factories will have, the more that they'll want the entire – look, you know what I'm saying? But like right now, obviously, motorcycle manufacturers are not selling motorcycles, so mm-hmm. they are not making as much money, and therefore the budgets are smaller, and when the budgets are smaller, they need to get money somewhere else to share the cost to go racing. So, I mean, obviously, a, a company like Honda or Kyle Saki or KTM, they would love to have the whole entire look, you know, but right. 
if they if they can't afford the, the budget, they have to get money somewhere else, and that that means they have to share the look, share the advertising. Right, uh, Paul by Max, you're on the air with uh, Tony Alessi. Who's this? This is uh, Jason here from TREMX.com. Hey, what's going on, Jason? <laughs> Not much. What's up, K-Dub? What's up, Tony? Yeah, what up, Jason? How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. Hey, I just uh, <clears throat> just had a, I just had uh, you know K-Dub kind of in there, but uh, he was talking about uh, Tony just. Uh, announcing and working at Cycle News and just doing whatever he had to do to get those kids to the races and stuff. And uh, he had he had two kids, and he called it his program. He still does, but that was pretty gnarly. I mean, just, just uh, getting those guys to the races and doing his thing. And I haven't always agreed with him with everything he's done. But, uh, hey, I, I, don't, I haven't seen too many people bringing two kids up that were as fast as those kids through the ranks, you know. I agree, Jay. Thanks a lot, Jason. Yeah. Uh, question, Tony, just just a little off the subject, but I just had a little question for you. Um, okay. You guys at one time were talking about uh, having a little training training program or something. You guys still thinking about that at all or in the future? Well, I mean, I, I we have like a, like a, we do stuff with the pros. Like, uh, like right now, the main program is like top pro riders come over and we do race drills and training drills and they're gnarly and they're grueling and the guys we help them get prepared to race outdoor nationals i mean obviously um somewhere in the future when mike and jeff are done racing i mean i've always wanted to do camp alessi that was our always our idea you know and we have facilities set up and places set up to bring riders in and i mean we've experimented here and there i mean i i had a girl rider one time kristen oja come over and we Women's AMA champion, you know, and uh, I took this other uh, kid now, Phil Nicoletti, who never saw a top 20 in his life, and now I got him almost into the place where he's going to be a top five guy, seventh place right now in the AMA Supercross series, right. and so I, I just I just enjoy doing that, like to bring guys in and, and take them from nowhere to top 10 in their class. Um, the brother, Mike's uh, girlfriend's brother, uh Garrett, last year at this time, was riding the novice class. Now he's a pro rider, and he got sixth place in the last time that he raced. So, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just fun to, like, put them through the, the drills and sure. make them better. You know, and obviously we have great suspension guys like Gary Buecher around, and we have Cherry Varner on the engines. And, you know, these people together, you know, we look at the bikes and Jay Whipple as a, as a riding coach, and these people are always around our place, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we help riders get way better. And they than what they were. And yeah, well, uh, I wanted to get a little feedback on that, man, because I know you guys have been, you know, you you guys have always had open doors for people to go out there and ride, getting ready for the nationals. I mean, you guys didn't have anything to hide. You're just like, hey, come on out. Whoever wants to come out to the track yeah. and throw down some motos, let's do it. Yep, and, and nothing's changed. It's the same program. Um, like for us, yeah, I love it. I love having those guys come out, and I love to watch them get better. You know, the latest kid that's been coming out is. Uh, Who's that little kid that's been coming out? Oh, Michael Lee. He's come out a couple times, and like that, that kid has really gotten fast over the last you know few weeks that I've been watching him ride. I mean, he's going to be, I think, a top ten guy, and he's right, just a kid, right. you know. So one last thing I thought you'd get a kick out of, you know, uh, Mumford and uh, Rob Drew, and you know all the boys. You know, they used to give you a hard time, you know, about your program being so rigid and the whole thing, and uh, with. Uh, I was talking to Mumford the other day, and he was telling me because his little guy's getting pretty fast on a peewee. 
And mm-hmm. uh, he's, he told me, I, I said, dude, what do you think about Tony's program now? And he said, you know what, honestly, I don't know if it was tough enough. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> Which we, <laughs> I laughed at that because he used to be one of the biggest guys that used to hassle you, so I thought you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> well, it changes. You know, once you have a kid and you want him to do good and he wants to do good and you want to support him and, man, you just, it's, you know, you just do anything to help your kid get better. You know, it's just the way it is, you know, and uh, you don't know that until you're one-on-one doing it, you know, and right, when you're right. the dad and Tony kid's have- trying hard and, it just uh, you, you just you do whatever it takes. Tony, have you had moments uh, where you've thought you've gone too far? Uh, you know, I mean, let's face it. One of the criticisms of you yourself is that you know you need to step back a little bit, a la uh, Big Rick or um, you know Andrew Short's dad, Ivan Tedesco's dad, whoever. And and you don't. But are, has there been times that you've gone too far and you you've said afterwards, "Ooh, maybe that was a little much." I mean, you're, you know, do, you're doing it out of love. Don't, don't get me wrong. You're, um, you're doing it out of love, that, you know. Hey, so. is Jay, Jay, are you still on the line? Yeah, yeah Jay, still here. Jay, hey, what's that place over there? What's the guy's name? Staben? Brian Staben? Right, Brian, right. He has right. super track, right down there? Uh-huh. Somewhere over there? Like, yeah, there, yeah. There's in, Ca- a track. in Camarillo. I think I used that, to... was one, I used that was one time I think I might have gone a little too far. Uh, <laughs> What'd you Brian do? Brian Staben had a super cross track, and, uh, you know, at that time I think Mike was 10, and... Um, they were like, hey, let's go ride Supercross. I'm like, oh, okay. And so Mike was riding a Supercross track on a 60 at 10 years old. And I didn't know. You know, I was like, okay, well, let's go try this. Anyway, he had a bad crash. He broke his leg. And I was, like, bummed because I thought, oh, man, I, I fucked up, you know. And mm-hmm. so screwed up. And uh, so, yeah, that would have been one of the times. Fair enough. But that was a long time ago. Right, right. But, but anything else uh, in the pro ranks? It, it's all been uh, fair game for you, you think? I think everything else is okay. Yeah. Um, hey, Jason, thank you for the support of the show. Uh, Tony, you may not know this, but Jason stepped up uh, for this show uh, for myself and Watson to do this, and it was uh, it was an awesome deal. And people, you can punch in Ballpoint Show, uh, all caps, and get a discount on your order at TREMX.com. Yeah. Also, and they're good uh, at changing tires. They're good at changing tires. I think Jason, when these guys were little on 60s and 50s, probably changed a 2,000 tires or something. That and Edward. Hey, where's our friend Steve, right? Steve and Steve. Oh yeah, all those sixty wheels we used to just blow to pieces. My gosh, <laughs> I remember that now. Steve Edwards, I feel bad for him. He had to change so many, so many spokes. Steve <laughs> Edwards, a good guy. Worked for Edwards. Chaparral Racing one year. Yes, I remember. He did. Yes, Steve Edwards. Hey, can I tell a little Watson story? Uh, <laughs> can you? No. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I got, I got a few. You can, you can make it a segment. You can Maybe call we can me. Do, yeah, we can do a week, We can do a weekly Watson story. But uh, Watson used to live behind me in the house behind me, and uh, my wife was making up some making up some cookies, and uh, Watson used to kind of be like I don't know like a Nate like like on Se- on Seinfeld or Seinfeld where the guy used to walk in all the time out of nowhere. Kramer, yeah. So Watson would cruise in the back door and and uh, he saw some cookies, so he just powered a couple down with a little milk, and he was like, I don't know, these things are just not doing it for me. And my wife walks in and. Uh, they were dog cookies. She was making dog treats for my dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he didn't know it used to be so slim and trim, and he powered some, powered a few dog treats, and you know. yeah, it was funny because I'm like, dude, why are these things so bland? They have no taste to them. And, and his wife looked at me like, "You're joking me, right?" And I'm like, "No, why?" She goes, "These are dog cookies. I made them for my dog." I'm like, "Oh god." But let me get the story nice. straight, Jay. Yeah. You had a guest house in the back that I lived in. 
and it wasn't like I was a neighbor next door and just walked in your house. We were, <laughs> we were like a family. No, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I was okay. giving him a hard time. Well, right. Well, right on. Hey, Jason, thanks for calling, man. Hey, no worries, man. Get some more calls in there. Good talking to you guys. Right on. Well, thanks very much. Uh, Tony, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we kept you a little longer than we thought, but, uh, you know, it's all good, right? Yeah, it was fun, for uh, sure. I liked it. it um, and you do a good job. And like I told you before, Mathis, if there's anything you ever want to know, you got my number, call me, you know, whatever. I'm yeah, here, you know, but send Tony, me an email. <laughs> you you want to know something about Mike? I mean, he has, like, those Facebooks and stuff and all that. You can just send a message, you know? Right. Either one of us. We're available 24 hours, whatever you need. But like you told me, too, Tony, and uh, and other pe- and it's not just you. If I did call you with something, sometimes you just have to outright lie and deny it. And that happens a no, lot. No, I wouldn't do that. I would just tell you that I can't talk about it, you know? But, yeah. uh, I mean, if it's something that I can obviously say, I mean, I'm going to tell you straight up. Right. It's like any time, you know? Right, right. Hey, Tony, uh, let me ask you one last question. There's Kenny. Uh, is, is, is the reason why Mike gets hole shots all the time is because you guys run the chain so tight? <laughs> no. That... No, it's, not, it's all in the shifting. Okay, that's all I wanted to know because I always it was it's all a big conspiracy that everyone says unless he runs his chain so tight that's how he gets the whole shot and I no I know why Dude, he if gets you run the your chain shot. I don't have to tell this to Mathis he's Mister he's the top mechanic you know good mechanic you run the chain tight you take horsepower away that's uh, not the way to go yeah there's a point where the chain gets too tight it depends on your where your chain tensioners are located on the bike like you look at <laughs> you look at Honda and they run their chain super tight because under load the chain loosens. So it's got a lot That's to do. That's a tech tip. Tech tip from tech, Steve. Te- yeah, tech tip. Although Berluti's got us all covered here. Berluti's the man. Uh, well, Berluti knows the deal. He'll tell you when um, the Japs came, the Japanese guys came out to the Suzuki test track, and they were doing the, um, you know, the what do they call that thing that they put on there where it checks the RPM on the thing? What do they call that thing, Berluti? What, like telemetry? Yeah, remember they put the thing on the bike where it, oh, it the shows thing, like the thing. RPMs of the bike? What do they call that thing? A data bike. That's just a data bike. Data acquisition yeah. and all the information. The data acquisition. That's what it was. Yeah. They put the data acquisition on there, and the Japanese guys came back, and they're like, ooh, automatic. Shift like automatic. <laughs> you know, and so uh, that's where I think it is. I think it's all in the shifting, because they showed me the charts of, like, some of the older guys, like mm-hmm. Rock on. It's like these big valleys and peaks, and you look at Mike's, it's just a straight line all the way across, like it's automatic. Right, right. And, uh, and Tony, uh, I look forward to uh, helping Mike out this summer building some X-Brand goggles. I don't know if you're... If you're if we I'm, like those goggles. I, I don't know and I think we're getting, like, we're getting some like custom ones we, made, right? With yeah, the name on them and you stuff. Are, hopefully you let, me allow, you let me come around and you don't just uh, make me toss them to you over the, uh, over the fence. But uh, I'll come around and build the goggles. Hey, Tony, what's up with Jeffy? How's Jeff doing? Yeah, what's up with Jeff? No, Tony? Jeff's good. Jeff, Jeff right now is back up here with us. Perfect. He's been down there in Temecula and Marietta for like the last year, and uh, I think he's been on a, like a year-long vacation or something down there. I don't know. He hasn't been doing what he's supposed to do, but he's back up here now. He's been here for four weeks. We've got him back on a pretty good training program, a good riding program, and um, I think that you'll see better results out of him in the next couple of weeks, and uh, during outdoors, I think he'll be quite a bit better. You know, he's... Um, I think every now and then, like David Bailey says, you got to go just kind of like take a lap around to kind of like just chill out, you know what I'm saying? And so I think he had his chill out time, and now he's got a really good attitude. He's really serious, and uh, he wants to he wants to do good now. And so uh, I love I love when people riders have those kind of attitudes because they're just easy to work with, and you can make them better, you know. And so uh, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, you and, remember, uh, I remember good back, times. Good times right now. I remember back in the day when uh, 
when the boys were super young and we were always talking about it, we always said when once they got older, Jeff would be the guy because he was bigger and, you know, he just was stronger than Mike. When Mike was super young, he was super skinny kid, little kid, and Jeff was always bigger. And we were always like, Jeff's going to be the Supercross guy and Mike's going to be the outdoor guy. And, you know, yeah. I think, you know, when Jeff rode the 450 last year, I thought, I mean, I thought he did awesome. You know, he, he uh, Yeah, I mean, he, he led laps, you know, he led laps. I mean, yep. his fitness was uh, definitely a question last year, but he had the speed to go out there and lead laps, you know. And so other than Chad Reed and maybe Mike and a couple of other guys that were out there doing good, he, he, led, a, he led a lot of laps last yeah. year. So, you know what, if you can lead yeah, one, he, you can lead 20. That's the way I look at it if you're in shape. That's what yeah, I look at it. Exactly. And that's what we're working on. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process with him, but obviously I love the way that that guy rides a motorcycle. I mean, it's fantastic, and everybody does. Um, and his drawback has just been, um, you know, the ability to get in there and endure. And so, so is we're going to work on that, and we're going to make that better. We're going to make it better for him. As I understand, he's, he's not on Moto Concepts for the outdoors. Is that uh, – are you working on something for him? Um, I, I think he's on Moto Concepts for the outdoors. Oh, I haven't he? heard that he is not. Okay. Not, uh, that he is not. You know what I'm saying? So I right. think that he – I think that he is. And I, like I said, his team manager, Michael Young, put him through some freaking grueling paces today, you know? Um, <laughs> like, like, um, and like, Jeff, like Jeff, even in one moto, he had a little fall, and that fall cost him an extra 10 laps. So uh, I think his team manager is working pretty hard with him right now, and I don't think they'd be doing all that if uh, – they didn't have some hope for him for the right. season. Okay, my bad. Um, well, hey, Tony, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Your candor, your honesty, and, uh, you know, just calling it like you uh, like you see it is, uh, is a little bit, bit of breath fresh. A little bit of a breath Anytime. of fresh air. Take it easy, Tony. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you, Tony. All right. See you, Kenny. Bye, Tony. See ya. See you, Steve. See, see you, Tony. Bye-bye. Uh, I found it funny. That was our guest, Tony Alessi. I found it funny that the uh, guy gets absolutely blown up on the message boards. And not one person called in to uh, just voice his opinion. I think that says something about message boards right there. Yeah, I think they're all a bunch of sissies. Right, Kenny? Yeah, they're all a bunch of sissies. All right, and with that, that was our first guest. We're going to come back with Jimmy Button uh, right after these uh, commercial words. And uh, please pay attention to this commercial and uh, purchase everything you hear on them. Thank you. X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Hey, Kenny, right now I want to talk about one of the sponsors, uh, the new sponsors of the Pulp MX show, a guy who's come on board recently. That would be the Racer's Edge, uh, otherwise on the web as TREMX.com, a uh, Simi Valley mail-order powerhouse. And uh, you actually go back with these guys. Yeah, we go back a long ways. These are the original Racer's Edge. I mean, I go over the all over the country, and I've seen the Racer's Edge on you know people's box trucks and other stores. But this is the one and only Racer's Edge. Um, throughout the years, they've helped out riders like Kyle Lewis, Brian Deegan, Brian Swing, Billy Payne, Paul Curry. Tyler Evans, Casey Johnson, Scott Cheek, Phil Lawrence, Mike and Jeff Alessi, Kerry Hart, Ronnie Feist, Sink Mars, wow. Timmy Wiegand, and the list goes on. And the cool thing is, all it takes is a phone call or email, order something, and you're on their team. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You had a small Simi Valley powerhouse shop that uh, stepped up and helped us out. And uh, you can check them out at TREMX.com. Remember, anything over 100 bucks is free shipping. So uh, keep that in mind as well. It's your one-stop moto shop for everything that you need. And 
if you pulp if you type in pulp mx show all caps you will get an extra discount on your order kenny wow that's huge that's huge well hit them up these guys will take care of you and when they say it's going to be there it's there no bs there you go right from kenny watson support them tremx.com there we go. That's, uh, thanks for that commercial break. Thanks to our sponsors again, uh, X-Brand Goggles. Check them out at thexbrand.com, uh, T-R-E-M-X.com. Uh, punch in Pulp MX Show for a discount. And, uh, of course, JGR Motors and Suspension, the number one spot for Justin Brayton's motors. Let's talk about Brayton real quick before we get our next guest, Jimmy Button, on the air. Fastest in practice. Won his first ever 450 heat in a dominating fashion. What happened in the main? <coughs> Choked. <laughs> What uh, happened pressure. in all the mains? You know, I, I don't know. Right. I don't know if he doesn't get the best. Start. I mean, Burner caught him past him. You know, he, but he must have got back by him. Huh? I don't think he did. I think he did. Yeah, he did. He got eighth. Burner got ninth. Yeah, my, th- my bad. Yeah, it is your bad. Step it up, buddy. Get, all your, right. get your facts straight. Uh, we're gonna have the super agent, former factory rider, Washugal, two thousand and one winner on here in a little bit. Jimmy Button. Uh, we got a call. Let's take this. Pulp here. MX show. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, what's cooking, dudes? Nash here. Hey, Nash. Uh, you missed Tony Alessi. Sorry to hear, sorry to uh, let you down like that. No, hey, I thought the questions are really solid, and, and I think you guys sliced through a lot of rumors, and, you know, everybody likes to talk a big game against the SC, Alessi camp, but yet nobody wants to man up and call. I mean, no, I was a little disappointed in that, Nash. Where's Bobby M? Yeah, where's Bobby M? That's your guy, Berlute. Yeah. Who yeah. the hell's Bobby M? Uh, <laughs> it's always easy. It, you, guys, you guys, come on. You guys live it. You're in the pro- you're on the professional side of it. It's always easy to sit behind a computer screen, but when you put a phone number up, nobody's got the sack to call in and make it happen. So. Yeah, I, I agree, Nash. Uh, I agree. There was, uh, I mean, I, I thought I grilled him. I asked him everything I wanted to do, and uh, you know, I'm not going to start getting into a shouting match with him. There were some things I thought he said that weren't exactly true, but hey, he's the guest, and I have my opinion. He has his opinion, but uh, I thought it, he was great. As we all can agree, and again, I'm a peon. You got some heavy hitters, obviously, on the on your end in Vegas. Tony Berluti, yeah, heavy hitter. <laughs> Tony Berluti's god in, in terms oh. of mechanic worlds. He awesome, yes. Um, no, but I mean, come on, give me a break. The guy's he runs a tight program. He's a PR machine. You can see. I, I, I was found it interesting that he evaded the question in regards to were you portrayed in a realistic light, and he spun it with, "Hey, we got the most airtime, blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. So whatever. Hey, yeah, that's his job. I That's think what they do. I think a Hollywood PR guy would have been proud of that. Oh, guy, he's it's crazy when I listen to hit Mike's podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, where's the real Mike? You know, like it's okay. You can. Uh, I don't know. I like a Michael Essie, and I think he's a great, a phenomenal motocross athlete. I mean, give me a break. Can't say enough about the guy's raw talent. And uh-huh. they they got something that's going, but it's just like, where's the real? person in there like Villapoto lets his mind out or, or Dungey speaks his heart you want that from Mike just just a little bit more than Mike, we're seeing Mike is programmed dude Mike has yes. been programmed at a young age yes. to live eat sleep drink and that's all he knows dude he doesn't know anything else but motorcycles yes he does yeah I, I I like Mike uh, I've talked to him a few times uh, I've talked to him many times at the races I feel like he could use a double cheeseburger or maybe mm. a sip of uh, Jack Daniels or something. Mm. But not too far. I'm not saying he needs to go J-Law, but <laughs> I'm just saying he needs – I think he needs a little – but they're all – you know what? And, again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just defending, but there's a lot of kids that are just grown-up moto monkeys from when they're four years it, old. Exactly. And, and it, it's, that's all the rage now, and Mike happens to be probably one of the first ones. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Stroop um, – uh, yeah. Baggett, Lusk. Yeah. None of these guys have gone to school. 
they they don't go to school anymore. You know, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Barsha. Well, you know. I'll I'll tell you what the Alessis did go to school. I they know did for a fact. Okay. Oh yes, they did. My bad. They did. <laughs> Michael Lessi and Jeff Lessi. I remember Tony used to work at this company called GI Rubbish. It was a it was a garbage company, and he used to he'd be the guy that you called when you needed a dumpster brought to your house when you're doing construction. And Tony or Kim, um, the boys' moms, at, you know, the boys' moms would pick them up uh-huh. and take them riding every day after school. Hey, uh, hey, just to interrupt you, Nash, uh, we're gonna have Jimmy. Do you have any something else to say? Or, or oh, yeah, something? I just have okay. one thing I wanted to ask right. for Luke was. Sure. Uh, one of my all-time favorite races, and I know you guys don't remember because you're hardcore. I believe it was Broom, maybe even Unadilla '98. It would be Renard flat out crushed Carmichael. I mean, yeah. I watched Unadilla. that race so many times. It's yep. like, dude, that is just a display of speed. You but, couldn't see anywhere else. Baluti didn't Baluti, work. Do you, Baluti do you remember that day? And, yeah, and can you take us back there? What he, you guys were thinking? He didn't work for Renard that day, but he definitely remembers it. Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, there's not very many guys that can say that they did that, and Robbie is definitely one guy that could say that he did it that that day. He was unbelievable. Was there was there a time, Baluti, when you worked for Robbie that, like, from one moto to like, or, or or let's say this, was there like he would show up on a day and you would know it was his day by practice, by his mood, or anything. And then vice versa, was there another side where you're like, we're out of it today? Now you know where I knew it was. From his past history of the tracks that he did good at before, Steel City, Millville, yeah, South Millville, Lake. exactly yeah. those tracks, uh, Washougal. Yeah. Um, so I going into those races, I was had quite a bit of confidence in him because I knew that uh, he's, you know, he was going to do good that right. day. Hmm. Excellent, Wade. Thanks for fielding the question, Blue. Take you hopefully took you back a little memory lane, and I know it's it's neat for me, Mathis. It's in the vault of tapes. That I will unleash someday, some way, somehow on you, fellas. Great show, hey, enjoy it. Cheers. Nash. Have a great week. Nash. Hey, this is uh, Kenny. Kenny, yes, sir. Hey, stop touching your mic with your hand. Would you? Would you have the '96 Gainesville race on tape? Watson, I know for a fact I do, and with pleasure I will mail it to you. Only reason being, I know that for a fact is what happened. I I remember McGrath looking at the camera. He had the flu. It, it, the confidence of oozing out of him, he was like, yeah, I just spoke them all. What's my name? And he looks at the camera and just flares it for him. It was gnarly. 96, yes. The, yes, sir. I worked for Scott Sheik that year, and that was the year where he, he got off the mat with a broken lever and uh, got second. He got second overall that day. And oh, my God. He was coming by the mechanic area screaming, I got no clutch. I got no clutch. <laughs> you know what? I'm no BS. I'll dig that out. I'll mail it to, I'll mail it to Mathis. Yeah, just, address, just email me. I can I'll dig you, up on yeah, the internet. That was a good deal. I took um, that lever off and hung it on a piece of wire in the box truck all year long when he complained about the littlest, dumbest crap that he couldn't ride. Yeah. And I go, look, at, dude, you rode this bike with no clutch to his second place, and you're going you're gonna to bitch to me about this. No. Right. Go right awesome now. Kenny story. Yeah. Mathis, that's what we live for every week right there, brother. The Watson stories. I know. Hey, did you ever get interviewed by ESPN? Of when course. That, I'm on that tape. Oh, but you had, diff- but you had wacko hair? They no, dude, care? I had a big old blonde boofy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big old blonde boofer. And then, yeah, I got – in 96, uh-huh. I think I got interviewed quite a bit because wow. she did – he got like yeah, third he in the Supercross really series. Good. And he was up there before he got hurt in the outdoor. So, And we won a moto. So I, I, got, a, I got a couple yeah. of interviews. So All right. It was cool. I like hey. to look at myself on TV back when I was a kid. It's pretty awesome. I like when I'm skinny. 
I don't think you ever were. I was. Thanks. Hey, hey, Watson. I, I was looking for you this week when they did the big Hart Huntington and they interviewed Carrie and, and Pink and everything. And yeah, like, no, they, they show Watson. Where's he? No, at? dude, I'm behind the scenes, bro. I just make shit happen. I don't. I'm not one of those guys that's in front of the camera. Now. I saw you there, Kenny. I saw you. <laughs> uh, but you didn't hey. see me. That that wasn't me with the beard. Anyways, that was Big B. I'm how many? Not... How many fans do you get at the races now? Talking to you about this Moto Show. Three, three this week. Three this week. And yeah. you are you nice to them or are you do? You... I'm nice to everybody. Uh, I don't know about that. Thanks, Nash. Nice. All right, cheers, fellas. Have a great week. See you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Buddy. Thanks. Hey, I got a text message uh, right now uh, about Justin Brayton. Uh, I don't know who it's from. I might be his agent, 951 number. Um, Brayton didn't choke. He's actually run into by Reed, hurt his ankle pretty bad. So he just rode around. That's the facts. That's fine. Okay. I, I'm not – I mean, I before a few races ago, I was, like, impressed. And those guys at JGR are my guys. I, you know, Coy's a good friend. Jay's a good friend. And, you know, Sean Yulikowski, we go way back. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for those guys, what they do. But Brayton kind of – I, I kind of got on the bat. I mean, I, I was always cool with Justin Brayton. But a couple of races ago, he was riding a little aggressive um, on my guys. And I don't say nothing. But, you know, he's definitely faster than my guys for sure, hands down. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to pass my guy, go ahead and pass him. But don't cross guys over the over jumps and oh, look at Oh, you're so him. bitter about that last week. Dude, last yeah. Week? Yeah. No, not ago. last week. It was, I think it was Jacksonville, maybe. Okay, Jacksonville, And he's yeah. just crossing them in, in the air. I mean, yeah, you're better, you're faster, you're the man, cool. But don't don't dis- like cross him and clown him like Brayton's that. Brayton's a good dude. I know he is. Okay. I know he he's is. He's going to be just, good. The guy's unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah. I got – dude, I've, I remember him when he was riding arena cross, and he had the bigger hair than anyone I've ever seen. But And he had the <laughs> unibrow the whole bit. I like Brayton. Don't get me wrong. I like Brayton, but I don't like the way he rides sometimes. Yeah, he cool. rides a little bit over-aggressive, and he doesn't need to be like that. News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy, Justin. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's bring uh, Jimmy Button on. Beanbag, let's do it. You guys want to do that? Yeah, let's Beanbag. do it. That's his nickname for me, Jimmy Beanbag Button. Didn't we have to talk about something with Button? Ask him about okay, what happened right, in okay. Mexico all right, with K-Dub. All right, hold on uh, a second. We have a good story here about James Button, Kenny Watson. Me and this guy go way back. You can even ask him about the the night we were at the Coliseum when Factory Phil got into the ring and knocked the guy out. Oh, that, yeah. Button you, was there. As you've told that story a few times. It was awesome. It's my wife. I love gambling with Button. He's a character. Oh, dude, Button. How come everybody gambles and plays poker but me? Because you, you're not. That's what you did when you're on the airplanes heading over to Europe. Okay. All right. Japan, wherever. Hello. Jimmy Button, hey, you're on the air uh, on the Pulp MX show with, uh, this is Mathis, uh, I have Kenny Watson with me, and uh, Tony Berluti is in studio tonight. Yeah, Beanbag. Yeah, Ber- yeah Berluti. Hey, what's up, JB? Cap Burglar. What's up, bud? Uh, How's your shit breathers? Wow. There you go. A lot of inside jokes right now between these two and you, Button. Um, yeah, man, because we've been, a, we're old school, way son. Back, we've huh? seen it all come and go. I, yeah, definitely. Hey, Jimmy Button's on the line, uh. Give him a call if you want, 702-586-PULP, if you have a question for uh, for JB11. And uh, what do you think about that crazy race, This Jimmy? is the original JB, too. None of this Justin Brayton. This is JB. Justin Barsha. Yeah, not John Michelle Bale. This is Jimmy Button, the Button man. Fly. Button fly. I'm the OG. Okay, That's so I, I, I have kind of a, uh, a secret that I have to tell first. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Oh, um, I've not even seen the race yet. Okay. All right. Secret. So I, I really can't like comment on the only thing that I did see on YouTube today was uh, RV cleaning out uh, Dunge. Yeah, and what'd you think of that? That's, huh? What'd you think of that? I thought hell yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's going. Uh, I thought hell yeah. 
He's going for the biggest championship, you know, besides MotoGP. Uh-huh. The Super Style 450 title is the other, the other biggest, you know, two wheel championship in the world. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like some super, you know, right. take him out type of thing, but you know, I mean, it was maybe a little bit moderately questionable. But dude, back in back in the day when I was racing, that was like a normal clean pass. Watson said it was dirty. What's that? Watson said it was dirty. It was dirty, but he was going for it. I said he was going for the it. The problem I, was it wasn't a pass. That's the unfortunate thing. If, if he, he if he would have made it, that would have been awesome, like you said. Uh, that would have been sweet. <laughs> that would have been, had he made it all the way through, because the thing is, before Dunge turned back down, uh-huh. he already, like, uh, I saw RV did have, like, his front wheel and possibly maybe even <laughs> as much as his radiator shroud passed him. Yeah. Is that all you need? Is that all? Is that all you need? Hey, right away, son. <laughs> hey, um, uh, what I gotta ask you before we get too deep into this, uh, and I want to talk to you about uh, something about Supercross that you got to get off your chest. But what's the story with Watson saving someone's life in Mexico? It's absolutely one hundred percent true. Okay, all right. Can you can you please tell it? He he wants you to tell it. All right. So we're down in Mex. This is uh, after the ninety. 90- 96 season, so it's like the weekend or two weekends after uh, Steel City. And we went and did this like little weird kind of three-race Mexican series. The first race was in San Antonio, and the second race was in, like, heck, I don't even know the, all the cities down there or whatever. But anyways, so we're down there. We're, uh, we're on one of the weeks in between, and all of us decide to go take this uh, journey to go see this, like, super insane waterfall with to have, like, a, uh, a rock slide built into it. Uh-huh an all-natural deal. So we, we actually hike up to this thing on donkeys, like actual, like, real donkeys. Come they on. Were, Come on, Button. They, they were pretty uh, they were pretty malnutritioned, but anyway, it's a lot better <laughs> to walk in the hour and a half up this hill. So we take these donkeys up this place. We get to this, you know, this spring waterfall thing, and everyone's having a good time, and this girl goes down. She slides down, and she, like, starts freaking out. She gets sucked into the vortex, and she's, like, the girl's, like, basically drowning. And uh-huh. he was like, dude, he's all, this, this girl's going to die. I'm not going to let this girl die. And so he, uh, he just runs and jumps straight in, head first into this thing, grabs this girl, and basically saves her life. Wow. Kenny. Sweet. Fucking Hasselhoff. Yeah. Hasselhoff, dude. Hasselhoff. <laughs> they watched it. Remember, Bud, and you and Swink were all, dude, why would you do that? You didn't even know her. And I'm like, <laughs> you're all, dude, why would you do that? And I'm like, was I going to watch the chick drown? Hasselhoff. And you're all, yeah, but. God, Watson. I mean, you wrong? could have been tur- tur- brought into that little. I uh, was, vortex. yeah, vortex. I was. I I pulled her out and I got sucked under. And I remember coming to the top and her, her top was off. She was crying. She was trying to hold. I, like once That's I why came you up in there, <laughs> her top was <laughs> no, off. No, her top. <laughs> come on, dude. No, I'm joking. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, whatever, dude. It was a good time. That's awesome. Kid, Watson. Yeah. That is Watson, cool. Watson. Watson did his good deed, man. He he saved her life. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And you and Sweet were looking at him. What are you doing? Uh, hey, um, uh, you want to take some calls? We got we got some calls. Let's do that, and then you can tell us about supercars, Jimmy. Hey, Button, right. you you got to give him the story about Factory Phil at the Coliseum when we, he, when he knocked the dude down. We'll get to that. We heard about it. Can you <laughs> can you verify that story that Watson told? What's that? That Phil Lawrence got into a boxing ring with some gnarly dude and like one punch knocked him out. Yeah, it's a true deal. Wow. Now, Watson. See, the stories are real. I just don't pull crap out of my ass. These guys think I'm full of shit, beanbag, but I'm glad you're here. Or you could tell them the time when I rode in the back of the PJ1 truck all the way from 
Florida to Minneapolis and never came out. I had a bucket, two Playboys, and a flashlight and a sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, you, we just thought a lot of you from that Saving the Chick story, and you just brought it back down. Oh, That's cool. That's what I like to be. I, leave, I like to be grounded. I don't like to be that other guy. Hey, Paul Boy Mech Show, you're on the air. Who's this? This has been. Has been. Hey, I got, I got, a, got a question for Jimmy Button. I want to know if uh, Bobby Jones from uh, from Phoenix is retired as a millionaire with all the money you saved from not putting the lights on it for Astroland. Oh my gosh, I have <laughs> the idea, man. <laughs> no, nah, Jimmy. Seriously, do you? How much do you get involved with? Uh, we're getting uh, media time for your riders. So, like this weekend. Uh, Justin Brayton won a seat race, so he didn't get any TV time. Is that something that you do try and coordinate as an agent beforehand? No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, none of that is actually, we can't really dictate any of that. You know, I, the, the thing that we try to do is just keep a, you know, a good relationship with the media and our, you know, and my clients at least, you know, and I think that if you do that, if you're, you know, if your guys are, you know, favorable to the people that are putting the shows together, they're, they're going to give you more, you know, they're going to give you more love when it comes right down to it. It's, you know, you go and you, you start pissing people off and you don't make any friends. It's just like, you know, making friends on the track. I mean, you got to do it in the industry as well. You know, you'll get a little bit more love. Uh, well said. Hell of a job you've done with that Josh Hill character, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate that he's been uh, they've been injured the way that he is. But uh, you know he's had a good season. You know, even though the last few weeks have been some pretty bad finishes, but right. he's, uh, he's a good kid, and a lot of people didn't give him the credit that he deserved. And you know, it was nice to see him at the beginning of the year really uh, putting down some good, you know, some good finishes. Yeah, when all said and done, despite the uh, poor finishes lately, he's going to have a chance at second in the series, which ain't uh, ain't too shabby. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that if you would have probably asked anybody in the sport besides about, you know, four or five people that were real close to him, you know, and they said, you know, would you be going into the last uh, three races a year with a chance to podium in the series? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's not anybody that would have, uh, you know, bet a dollar on that. So, right. you, know, it's a bit, you know, it's a little bit of vindication for Let's take a you know, call. Got, Let's take a call. You got to stay healthy. Yeah, you, you do. Stay Paul Pamek Show, you're on the air. Who's this? This Rob. Hey, Rob, uh, do you have a question for Jimmy Button? Yeah, I, uh, as somebody in the industry and all you guys, I want to know what is it going to take to make supercrosses longer because they're getting pathetically short, as in lap times are 40, 50 seconds. There's no semis anymore, and you spend 50, 60 bucks to go to a race, and it's like two and a half hours long. What do you think, Jimmy? Do you agree? Uh, I would say they're going to probably have to start building the stadiums bigger. Because as the you know as the bikes get better and the athletes become you know even more superhuman than they were you know in my decade and prior to that I mean the last time these guys are the bikes these days and uh, you know it's just the way that it is you can only put so much dirt and so many square feet into a super you know into a stadium and these guys are just finding ways to get over the uh, you know over the jumps faster and quicker and. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could, you know, add laps. Maybe make it a, a twenty-five or thirty-lap main and supercross. What about a timed? Or, what about a timed program? Twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, you, you could do that. I mean, that might be something. But I think, you're, you know, I, I think something like that. You're maybe going to lose the fans because the fans can do a, a pretty easy countdown. You know, from uh, from the laps. You know, they you know, they got twenty laps. Whereas, you know, some some weekends it might end up being a twenty-five lap main, and other weekends it could be a nineteen-lap main. I, I think that part of it's where you need to have your consistency. With uh, with the fans, you know they're they're accustomed to laps. You know it's not like auto racing where they're going out and doing a set number of miles. Mm-hmm. So you know I, I think that would to do something like that, you would have to really kind of uh, you know 
breed that into uh, people, and it would you know it might take a few years to do it. I'm not saying it's out of the question, but you know that's that's one solution. I gotta say, what, I was I was watching. Oh, sorry, Robert. I was watching uh, St. Louis uh, uh, ninety six. And all, all, all respect to you, Button and MC and all those guys. You guys are gnarly, but let me tell you, it was like watching our races a little bit slower. Like it's just bikes; it's bike related. But honestly, I was, uh, I was amazed at how slow you guys looked compared to today's riders. And I know you weren't going slow. Don't get me wrong; it's the 450s though. They just get out of corners. They just go over the obstacles. It, you're absolutely right. It's a bike issue. I think it's that. I also think that the tracks have developed the way that they build the tracks now. I mean, I think the way they built them before was they built them more of a rhythm style, you know, more like the style that Jeremy had, just like a lot of perfect execution. Whereas now they build the tracks for speed, you know what I mean? To go over things fast, stay low, and, and have that kind of high-intensity racing action. Whereas when you have to be real methodical on everything, it does slow the race down. And, uh, you know, it just changes the dynamic of the race, so... I would say it's got to do with, you know, the bikes, the tracks, and again, I think the, the, the riders, you know, I mean, look at, I mean, you know, back in our era, we introduced, you know, hitting the back brake to, to put the front end down, and, you know, you know, Jeremy was really good at staying low over jumps, and, and he was, you know, he would look like he was a skyscraper right now compared to some of the guys, mm -hmm. you know, from our, from our time, so yeah. it's just an evolution of riding, the sport, the guys, they're better athletes than we were, you know, I mean, they are, I'm plain and simple, I mean, you know, they're just, they've been doing it, you know, they, they learned by what we did, but when they learned it, they were on mini bikes, and by the time they get up to the big bikes, they've perfected and created these new techniques that, you know, just make them go faster and make them better, you know, just better specimens. Yeah, I'll have to agree I with got, you, Beanbag. I, I got one more question, too. Uh, uh, I know last year there was a big fight to uh, try to get the two-strokes back in the Nationals in the 50 class. I kind of heard that the manufacturers, Honda, Kawi, Suzuki, that weren't making them anymore kind of the big ones that were crying, saying they weren't going to do it. I mean, how, what, what was the real stopper of that? Because I'm still a big two-stroke guy, and but, I'm faster I mean, on a four-stroke, but I just had too much fun riding them. I mean, what, what stopped I mean, that from happening? I mean, to be completely honest with you, I really don't think when it comes down to it, it, it was ever really even close. Yeah, and I think if it was close, the OEMs are, are stopped it because they don't make the bikes. And for the all of you consumers have judged with your wallets that you want four strokes so the consumer the oems are giving you what you want the four, two strokes are disconnected or two strokes are discontinued and uh we don't need the bottle opener anywhere babe because berluti got it open berluti's drinking beer in here berluti's drinking beer in here oh. uh hey robert thanks for the call man appreciate hey, can it i give you guys a heads up i'm going to tell you something all you two-stroke fanatics i got word inside the line here vegas supercross kyle partridge from las vegas uh-huh He's made some main events this year. We'll be riding a two-stroke. Well, he's not going to make any in Las Vegas. Well, I know he's not going to ride the hard pack. On a pack, dry, you know dusty hard track, he he's got no chance. Well, you're going to hear this. You're going to smell it. You're okay. going to smell the, the two-smoke hey, uh, premix. Jimmy, what, yeah. what did you have to say about Supercross that you texted me earlier? What, what, uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Nothing in particular. I just wanted to get you fired up. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, dude, yeah. As soon as I walked in the door, he's like, dude, Button hit me up, dude. He he has to say something. About I was like, like, oh, my God, Button sounds like he's mad. But, hey, so uh, let's take some calls because uh, the switchboard's lighting up. I don't know if it's your family, Jimmy, or what, but uh, people do want to talk to you. You know Button has a super <laughs> hot wife. Button has I a do. super she hot wife? Got, and she just got home, by the way. Uh, you tell her K-Dub said, what up, Buttercup? Well. Hey, and you are the original K-Dub. I do want to get that out there to everybody, just so everybody does know. 
Thanks, Beanbag. People don't realize no worries, it. Buddy. People don't realize it. Hey, uh, Paul Pemex, you're, uh, Paul you're on the air with uh, Jimmy Button. Who's this? Uncle Shiner. Uncle Shiner. Hey. What's happening, bro? What's up, bud? What's up, man? I was listening to the podcast the other night with Swink, and I was wondering if Button remembers the takeout at Unadilla. Did, did you hear that, Button? Well, I, I'm just barely. Okay, uh, I did a. Thanks for the question. I'm going to hang up on you. Just uh, listen for the answer. Uh, I did a podcast with Brian Swink the other day, and yeah. Nick Way came on and said that uh, he remembers an absolute brutal takeout by Swink on you at Unadilla. And do you remember it? By Swink, Swink at Unadilla. Swink took you out at Unadilla in a. Uh, Re- very gnarly fashion, apparently. Man, it must not have been really, really good. Okay. I, I can't, I can't remember just like a massive, you know. Okay. Hey, I can remember this beanbag. Do you remember your last race when you were riding for that ride between you and Swink, where you thought it was going to be between you guys at Steel City when they were going to clip you? And yeah. You freaking dude, you had an awesome year that year in the in the nationals. I you, did. I got I got fifth in I got fifth in. Supercross, and I got a podium, and I also got second in the Supercross championship. I still got clipped. Do you remember Steel City? You're like, screw these guys, and you freaking killed it that day. You got clipped from what? From Suzuki? Oh yeah. They okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That that. Let's talk a little bit about that. What do you remember about Berluti, who's in studio tonight from your Suzuki days? Dude, Berluti, Berluti's a bad dude. <laughs> me and Berluti, me and Berluti got along before I was at Suzuki. We got along when I was there. We've gotten along afterwards, and we've always we've always had a nice, good, friendly relationship throughout all the years. I mean, he's a good dude. I've known him for what probably more than twenty five years now. I remember and, you on the uh, little fifty Honda, or is that what they were? Uh, or sixty? Yep, sixties, sixties, and eighties. The number fifty and fifty J. Yeah, you were bad for sure. Um, and Thanks. so, who did you work for when Jimmy was at? Uh... Suzuki Dino was his mechanic. Dean Gibson was Jimmy's mechanic, and who were you then? Uh, Huffy, probably Huffy. Huh? Is that right? Yeah, I think you worked with Huffy. And I think for a little bit you might have. No, wait a second. I think it when I was chicken. at Suzuki. Yeah, when I was at Suzuki, I think you worked with Chicken the first year, and then yeah. Huffy the second year. There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's right. Hey, uh, Jimmy, tell a story about your grip coming off of Daytona. In case no, Dean no, Gip- no, no, not Daytona. It was, it was Houston. Oh, Houston. It was Houston? Yeah, Houston or Dallas. Houston. It was the second race of the year, and it was in the main event. Uh-huh. I was in third place behind uh, Gaddis, and it was like a triple, like a little triple before triple. And I, I hit uh, the first triple when I got to the face of the second triple. My grip came off, and I went ahead into the uh, into the face of the triple. It was a good time. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I I, uh, I can't imagine the fear um, that you uh, probably <laughs> had that night. Pulp MX show. You're on the air. Who's this? Steven. Yes. What up, it's JR. Hey, what's going on? How are you, JR? Nah, what's going on, man? I was just uh, tell Berlute, uh, ask him how my chair feels, but no, more importantly, I, I wanted to get from Button, like, uh, since he was kind of early on in the four-stroke movement, um, you know, how he felt he contributed to the four-stroke era and stuff like that and what he brought to the scene. There you go. Uh, I, I think all I did was just actually get the thing around the track. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, uh, that thing was a handful back then. You know, it was heavy. It, it had a ton of power. You did a uh, job at Rush that year. The responsiveness of the of the throttle wasn't exactly the greatest. Yeah. The, uh, so, 
The thing yeah. that pe- pe- the people don't sorry to cut you off, Jimmy. The thing that people don't realize is yes, those those Yamahas were an advantage in some cases. In other cases, like an on-off track, an on-off on a supercross, or even a, a, a tight rhythm section, um, you oftentimes juggled your life. Um, yeah, I mean yeah. that was the thing that was the scariest thing to me ever was the step on step offs. Like whenever yeah. I went to a supercross track, that you know those couple years I rode that thing and they had one of those, it was like. That's the only thing I thought about every single lap going around the track. <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah, just, okay, do I get over this this lap, or do I just cartwheel myself? Yeah, no, people don't realize that uh, those things were a handful a little bit. Hey, Jimmy, what uh, what's going on? You're an agent. What's going on with Silly Season? Are we are we not having a Silly Season until real late again? Is that the... Is no, it- no, it's already, it's already started, and actually it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be maybe moderately silly compared to last year. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, things have already started, and I, I think people aren't as fearful as they were, you know, 12 months ago because this time last year, man, no one wanted to talk about anything except the sky was falling. Right. Well, I'll talk so, to you. Um, what riders you got? I, I think, Let's talk. I think, it's, I think it's a little bit better, and, I, you know, I think, uh, I, I think it'll drag out, but I don't think it'll be as bad as it was last year. Right, right. Kenny, move your microphone up to your... your hey, Budden, what, what, who are you representing? Like, can we talk? You got some riders you want to bring my way next year or what? Stop touching the microphone, Kenny. Dude. Kenny, I, Kenny we, we, you know how close we got on a couple things last year? Oh, yeah, you did? Josh Hill was going to ride H&H? Uh, don't worry about it, Mathis. I'm just wondering. All right. Read um, it in the choir, bro. Read it in the choir. Got, got close. We got, me and Kenny got close on a couple things, but uh, right. you know we weren't able to get it all worked out. And, well, maybe you we know, could I, do it this year. Unfortunately for Kenny, you know, he had a couple things that uh, were pretty much in the bag that unfortunately didn't come through for him, which, you know, right. sucks. But, which happens you know, a lot. Was- um, hey, did you, uh, did you? I don't know if you heard earlier, but we had Tony Alessi on the show, and uh, uh, he was uh, honest and open and uh, talked, talked quite a bit of, uh, uh, gave us quite a bit of information. What's your thoughts on uh, Mike and the 350 going into the Nationals? Uh, I think the 350 is pretty killer. I mean, you know, it's done so it's done pretty well with uh, with Tony so far mm-hmm. over the Grand Prix, and you know, I think it's good. It's got pretty good power, you know, and it's got uh, it's a little bit lighter than a 450, which I think will be good, especially in outdoors, uh, because you don't, I mean, you don't, hell, you don't use all the power on a 450 anyways. But um, uh-huh. I, don't know. I think it'll, I think it'll be good. I think it could be a wave of the future. The 450s are just they're too powerful, right? You know what I mean? They're just way, way, way too powerful. I mean, if if you have you know the vast majority of the best riders on the planet that can't really use it at its full extent, you know, I and mean, how's a person, you know, your average Joe off the street going to go down to Chaparral and buy one of those things and and even come close to using half the power? Right, right. I mean, I, there's not too many guys like Ferry left out there that could just absolutely push a 450 to the limit. I agree. Oh, uh, no, and, and the, the majority of them have single-digit numbers. Uh, hey, so talk. getting back to silly season, sorry to, to uh, go back there, but who's going to be the top guy? Is it Porcel? Is it Kennard? Is it uh, James Stewart? Who's Is, is it going to be Stewart signs and everybody else follows, or is there somebody else? Is Porcel going to be a hot ticket? I mean, there's only so many teams that James Stewart could ride for, right? Well, yeah, but, I mean, you got to think, I mean, Kennard, I mean, that's not even a question. I mean, and, and from my, He's from going my knowledge, that deal's pretty much in the bag already. Right, okay, all right. You know, um, you know and I think, you know, I think you're probably the first two guys that are going to get done, the quickest are going to be RV and Stewie. Yep. You know, and then after that, you know, it's a normal pecking order, you know? I didn't know RV was up. My bad. I thought he was, I thought he was another year. So, um... 
Uh, and Purcell, what do you uh, what do you make of that? Is he going to be on a on a factory uh, 450 next year? Yeah, I mean, whether he's on an actual factory team like the Monster Kawasaki team mm-hmm. or if he's on a pro circuit 450 or if he's on, you know, a Makita bike or whatever it ends up being, you know, for all I know, I mean, he might end up over at Honda, you know, mm-hmm. as Canard's teammate. You never know. Or a hard Huntington Honda. There you go. I think it's bike. What do you think about Shorty? Think think Shorty's I know, I know, I know. He likes to have a good time. He likes playing poker. So I mean, Vegas might be a good stop for him. There you go. Yeah. Hey, how many? How who wins in the poker games? You, Berluti, or Watson? Who's who's the big winner? Oh, dude, it's been decades since we've all played together. Oh yeah. But, okay. You know, we probably all took money from each other at one point or another. Dude, we used to play this game called Guts. This is how Ooh. ignorant we were. <laughs> Berluti, Guts, <laughs> Guts is just two cards. Okay. Uh-huh. You get. You're in your highest two cards, and you hold them, and you go one, two, three, drop, and then you flip your cards over, and whoever has the best two cards wins. Dude, literally thousands of dollars have been lost playing a two-card. You just card. add the cards up. That's it. No, yeah, oh. exactly. What well, if you had a tie? If you have an ace, then it, it goes over to the next hand. Okay. you got to match Dude. the pot. Tens so. of thousands of dollars. Wow. Oh, man, it's been a, it's been crazy. Like. Rudy's just shaking his head like he lost a bunch of guts. Hey, games. how about Saparidi? That one time we're out there on the deck looking at the lake. That was a pretty cool place. And uh, that was on Lake Como. Yeah, wait, yeah, exactly, Lake Como. Uh, McGrath, Skippy, you and me. I think yep. I, I think you lost some big money on guts that day for some reason. I did, but I think I actually won on that trip. I think I actually won all my money back on the way home on the flight. Yeah, the Good flights. Deal. The flights were. Uh, I remember going overseas, and I would come home with no money. And I'd come home, and my mom would go, well, you had this and this to pay. And I would go, well, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. She goes, you just went away to Europe for three weeks to work. Where's all your money? And I didn't have the balls to tell her, mom, I lost playing poker on the airplane going back. Was that was that when you just sat in the first-class seat and refused to move? Or was that another time? That was probably, no, that was a different okay, time. Okay, all right. I love that story. The best, though, hey, the best ever was my mechanic, Dean. We were coming back from Bercy, and he lost like $13,000 to skip Norfolk, and it took him like six years to pay it off. God damn. Dude, that, 13 grand, you guys would do that kind of stuff? Hey, dude, you remember when people would walk around with the IOUs in their wallet and every week? Like, hey, you owe me. Hey, owe hey. Me. James Eichel still owes me money that oh. he's trying to get in jail now. He tried to get it back for you. Yeah, he was, he was actually trying to get it back when he got arrested. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's take a, let's take a call here. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air with uh, Jimmy Button. Who's this? This is Dale from Austin, Texas. Uh, Dale from Austin, Texas. Hey, thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Baluti love love it. the show. Thank you. Thanks. You love Watson or me? Which which is the better host? Uh you're, well, you're the original host, but I love Watson on there. He he adds he brings a lot to the table for yeah, sure. It's bullshit. <laughs> Thank but you. I, Thank I, you hey, Mathis, I actually met you in Dallas. Okay. Uh, by Nick Way's bike. Oh yeah, Did yeah, Matt right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, buddy, we're yeah. You right didn't meet there. Watson there. You met me there. What did you see his shoes yeah. hanging out of his butt or something? Because usually has his head so far <laughs> up his ass, you can't. You can see his tennis shoes. No, no it was. It was. How could it anybody was meet anybody in he Dallas? Was, it was like five degrees. I'm out there, yeah. Button. I'm out there for the fans. I'm walking around trying to get the scoops. <laughs> He's exactly. He has his hat on with the like reporter on it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, hey Dale, what do you have a question for Jimmy Button? Yeah. I, um. What's so? What's going on with Josh Hill for next year? Is he going to be back at San Manuel? Is he a free agent? Is he going to ride the outdoors? He wow. is. Uh, I guess I'll just hit these one at a time. He is a free agent. Um. He might end up back at uh, <laughs> San Manuel team. And uh, he is not riding outdoors because the team doesn't ride outdoors. 
if if, uh, yeah. if, if James Stewart rides some of the outdoors, will he do that? His contract goes through the uh, you know the end of the, the whole totally motocross right. series, which the reason why we did that is for the X Games, right? And um, you know, and I know he he might end up at a race or something. If the team ends up going to a race or two, I mean, he might end up there. But you know, he's not required to go there by his contract. So um, you may see him there, and you know, you might see him on on that team next year. We're we're not, you know, I'm not sure yet. We're you know, we're we're having discussions. Uh, with them and you know and mm-hmm. some other people out there, but you know we'll see what happens. So discussions well, are, are ongoing right now for Josh Hill for twenty uh, twenty eleven. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Obviously, he had a great start to the season. Do you think that him getting hurt and and maybe his performance of late does that affect your contract negotiations at all? Well, you know what, I, I would think it would if he had healed up and he had and he'd still been you know having some bad results, but but you know unfortunately. You know, he had actually started to get somewhat healthy, and, um, uh, you know, we took a week off during that week break that we had a few weeks ago, and um, unfortunately the first day back on the bike after that week break, he had a crash the very first day, and he rebroke, you know, he rebroke his ribs. So he's Well, he's, and another reason I asked that is I think, Mathis, you were saying last week that Brooks was going – I heard this somewhere. Brooks was going to go yell – at one of at one of his riders, and he's only got one right that now. That was Kenny Watson who said that story. Just that was right. Yeah, they took a, so if he knows he's hurt and he's not expecting more out of him, why would he go chew one of his butt cheeks off? I guess that's what. Well, I think because I, I don't, you know, none of us really knew. Actually, you know, and to be quite honest with you, we didn't even really know for sure what was wrong until today. Um, Josh has been. He, he was with a few. I was actually with him earlier today, but he was with a few doctors, and they were. You know, X-raying and getting uh, you know CT scans and whatnot, and you know, unfortunately, he redamaged what he hurt before. So it's uh, you know, it's just tough for him. You know, he really wants to end up you know second and third in this championship. And, hey, you know, uh, what a lot of people, you know, a lot of people absolutely. don't, a lot of people don't realize. Hey, Dale, th- thanks for your call, Dale. Hey, Dale. All right, thanks, great show. Hey, a lot you. of people don't realize. You know, you know, a lot of people think the agent just gets their stuff done and gets their deals done, but you know what? Button's my friend, first and foremost. But second of all, he, he stood behind Hill. I mean, I was talking to him, you know, in the off season, and, you know, uh, Hill's par- everyone's like party guy. You know, he's doing this, doing that. Hill had a bad back. Button took him to Button's um, guys that helped Jimmy back from his injuries, worked on his back, did a bunch of stuff. Button stood behind him, taking him to the doctor, training with him, doing what he had to do. And more than a lot of agents, I have a problem with a lot of agents because a lot of agents just want to do deals, you know, and they say, you know, well, what happens if a guy like, you know, for instance, Ivan Tedesco is laid up in the hospital right now. Nothing against his agent at all, but his agent ain't feeling that pain. His agent ain't, his agent's still hanging out and doing his thing. No disrespect to his agent. I like his agent. The agent's a friend of mine. But at the other end, Button has been there. Button has been injured. Button has been hurt. He knows what it takes to get, you know, he is a rider. So he stood behind his guy and went to the doctor and felt that pain that that guy was doing and got him back to where he needed to be to represent him. And Button told me, he's going to be a guy. He's going to be a top five guy. You wait, you wait. And I was going, okay, this is what every agent says. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Button was 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 pounding the Josh Hill drum, and I kind of thought he was just high or drunk or whatever. No, because he believed in him and right. he's seen the progress. No, yeah, yeah, he's and, right. And all of us didn't do it. But I'm just saying, that's a difference between an agent like Jimmy Button and an agent like some other guys that are out there that are just out there like sharks, 
and and just trying to go out there and, and make money off of these kids. Where Button is one of these guys that says, "This is my guy, and I'm going to stand behind him no matter well, what." Jimmy needs to be a rider. Well, yeah, he's, he's been there, right, Jimmy? You've been that guy in the hospital, yeah. laid up, waiting for well, someone to call you. <laughs> and the thing is, here's the deal. I mean, you know, I mean, I know what. You know, if I was racing this day and age, I would know if I had a manager, I would know what I would expect and what I would demand. You know what I mean? And what what I would feel comfortable with. If I'm going to pay somebody to do something, by God, they better be doing stuff and not just, you know, negotiating a contract. If you're going to be an agent and a manager, I mean, that's a... That, that's the whole deal, you know what I mean? If someone needs to call me at 11 o'clock at night and cry to me about a girlfriend or cry to me about their injury, the fact that they, they can't sleep at night because they're hurting so bad and everything else, I mean, I'm there to help them find a solution, get them connected with the people that can get them healed and, and you know, and people that can get, you know, get the boat righted. I mean, right. I want my guys to do good. I mean, yeah, I, I have an interest in the money of it because the better my guys do and, I mean, if Josh Hill makes a hundred grand or Josh Hill makes five million dollars, I make a hell of a lot more money if he's making five million bucks. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I have a vested interest in it, but I mean, my guys, I mean, I get a little bit too attached to them, but I care about all my guys. I care about their safety, I care about their well-being, and I care about them as people. So you know, I am a little bit different, and but it's because I did race and I have been at the top of the hill and I've been at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, you know, and I, and I certainly want to keep my guys at, at the at the top of the hill as much as possible because I don't want them to have to you know drag their asses through the bottom. It's no fun down there. Yeah, you know what? I could, I could, you know, I could. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to say this. Oh, but Kenny's getting choked up. Kenny, I am. Kenny's I am choked, getting choked you know up. What? Button. I'm going to get choked up a little bit because I've seen <laughs> the passion that Button has, and I've never seen another agent do this. Yeah. At Dallas, we had a, a suite. Hart and his wife and a couple of guys on the team and we call I love Jimmy. how you don't go to the team manager tower you go to the suite yeah I go to the suite I know because they we, we, had, Berluti, some, right? we had some cocktails yeah. we had some cocktails <laughs> that night the boss told me hey you're coming to the suite the it's the boss. boss yeah it's the boss so anyways we were up there we called Jimmy I knew Jimmy was in town we invited him over and the the lights race take off and Sipes and uh, Baggett were running one too and Jimmy was pumped. He's like, those are both my guys. They're out front. One of them's going to win. One of them's going to win. Sipes went down. Baggett wins the race. And I look over at Button, and Button is in tears. So happy for his guy. And it wasn't like just like – it was like a <laughs> – it was like he showed so much emotion. And, dude, right there, it just shows you because right. no one believed in that guy but Jimmy Button and his – you know, the company he works for. That's cool. And he stood behind him. And he, he was just so pumped for that guy. He goes, you don't know what this kid's been working for, you know. And right there showed me, like, I yeah. kind of made fun of him. I'm like, look at Button. <laughs> of course sissy. you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at this sissy <laughs> over here crying. But then after I thought about it, and I'm like, that's passion. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. What do you think about that, Jimmy? No, it's, it's, I'm not going to deny it. It's the truth. I mean, I was. I mean, you know, Blake was, you know, Blake was a, uh, a kid that had never really rode Supercross ever, you know, and he he worked his ass off during the off season. You know, him and Nathan, his trainer, you know, and his mom, his mom Leanne goes out to the track with him every day and films him, and they watch video. I mean, he he does the work. He works his ass to the ground, and it paid. And that night, it paid off. You know, I mean, you you, you have to put yourself in a position, but you also have to be, you know. I guess being lucky is when, you know, being prepared and opportunity meet. And uh, and that's what happened that night. I was just pumped mm -hmm. for him because I knew that he had put in the effort. 
I know what it's like to get that first win in Supercross. It's one of the most amazing feelings that you'll ever have in your life. And, uh, you know, when he did that, I was just, I was excited for him. And right. I, I know that kid's going to have a, a great career because he put in the effort. And um, I like his family. I like the kid. I think the kid's got a great attitude and a cool personality. And I tell you what, once he starts having some really good success and, and starts getting some results, I mean, I think you're going to see somebody just going to uh, I do some great things. Hey, there's a question in the chat room, uh, Watson. What do you think of uh, Jason Lawrence's uh, agent, Scott Sepkovic? <laughs> I've known Hollywood a long time, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's uh, done done a lot for the sport. I, I do. Uh-huh. I think he's brought some, some outside sponsors in. I don't agree with some of the stuff that he does. I don't think that him and Jason are really, uh, at this point in time, right for each other, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Scott as a person. Um, a lot of people, you know, he's under indictment. He's under this. He's, he's a thief. He's that. Hey, you know what? That's... I don't know about all that stuff. Right. I know what I see. I don't know the guy that well. I'm cordial with him. He's cool to me. I've known that he's, uh, you know, had some struggles in life. And you know what? I'm not one of those guys that kick someone in, in the face when they're down. Right. So I, I really can't really bag on the guy too much. But well, I just think that uh, I think Jason Lawrence can find a, a little bit better agent now. I think he was good for him at the beginning, but I think I think he's kind of he needs someone more. Of a of of a Jimmy Button type of guy that could show him the right way and tell him no, this is not the way because Hill was kind of you know got down the wrong road and his, he had some family issues and he went to Jimmy and Jimmy pr- took him under his wing and and helped him and that's you, what it's about. You could say the same thing happened to to J Law if he were to maybe go to Jimmy or another agent that. that... Not really because I think. I think- I think Jason's gotten off off base on a few things. You know, what I mean, in you know, in, in regards to Scott, I mean, I, I've known Scott for a long time too. I think Scott's a really good guy. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, I think Scott maybe a little bit of the wrath that he shouldn't. You know, when it comes right down to it, you you know, doing what we do in this whole agent management type of thing. You know, you can only you can only do so much, right? So you can you can lead the you can lead the camel to the water, but you're not going to make them drink, right? You know, and I think I think Scott's taken Jason. You know, he, he's definitely gotten Jason out of a lot of trouble a lot of times, and <laughs> but I can't make Jason you know drink the Kool Aid. He just he, he can't do it, and yeah. the same with, same with me with Josh. I, I can't make him do anything. All I can do is. You know, I can open the book. I can show them everything. I could, you know, show them, you know, here's what mistakes do. Here's what making the right choices do. Here's what doing the right thing does, wrong thing. And, you know, they're, in the end, they're the ones that have to make the decision. Am I going to change what I'm doing because I'm, I'm not doing right by anybody? Or, you know, or I'm just, I'm going to do it my way and, you know, and I'm going to take the consequences as they fall. And, you know, with Josh, he saw that. He needed to make some changes in his career, and he did, and look at the results. Right. And that's well, much it. There's somebody in the chat room that's saying that they heard Blake Baggett uh, didn't get paid shit for his win at uh, Dallas. Can you uh, confirm or deny that? Did he have a win bonus in his contract? What's that got to do with anything? That's the most retarded thing I've ever heard. It's just welcome, a question. Welcome to the chat room, buddy. Yeah, welcome to the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Beanbag, I got a good one for you, dude. I got This, yeah. is, a, this is an awesome Josh Hill story. Uh, this probably had to be Josh Hill's second year. Probably, I think it was '08. Um, yeah. We were in Daytona. That that when uh, it was it was uh, there was a group of us and we were walking back from the club after the Supercross and we we're going back to our hotel and Lawrence was just out of his mind. 
doing his thing, and he kept picking on Hill. And yeah. me and Hart are walking, and Hart looks over at Hill and says, Hill, you need to not take this from Lawrence anymore. He's disrespecting you. He's punking you. He goes, you need to handle your business. And Hill looks over at Hart, and he says, you know what? You're right. So Lawrence starts calling him names and picking on him. Hill turns around and just drops him. They start fighting on the middle of the sidewalk, okay? No more than 30 seconds later, two cop cars pull up, and with one guy in each cop car, they block, they block both of them in. One cop grabs Lawrence. One grabs Hill. Hill's standing there with one shoe off, and, Hill, and Lawrence is fighting the other cop. So the cop lets go of Hill and goes over to help his buddy, and I look over at Hill, and I go, run, run. <laughs> so Hill takes off, dude, down the beach, and I say, run down the beach and go to your hotel and go back and go right to your room, and Hill got away. Hill got away. Wow, Kenny. Perfect. Rescues a, dr- a drowning girl and provides assistance to and a Hill. And You could ask Hill. I, I didn't want Hill to get in trouble because he's a good kid, and I knew that he didn't do nothing wrong. Dude, Lawrence looked like the guy, you know, from cops in the back of the cop car, spitting on the window, kicking the window, <laughs> cussing, and then we're just laughing our asses off. And we're like, I'm walking down the street, and the cops all, where'd the other guy go? And I go, dude, he was just some random dude. He just walked up. We didn't know who he was. And I'm walking away with the. He goes, well, what are you doing with the shoe? I go, hey, I, I don't know. We're just taking the shoe. <laughs> I gave the shoe back what? to Hill later Watson, that what night. Is, Watson, what do you want Button to say right now to that story? Thank you. <laughs> hey, you got to hey, you defend yourself. Thank Dude, you. you do. You do. And from that, hey, let's take some calls on, on that note. Jimmy, can you stay with us a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah, I got a few more minutes. All right. Hill's my guy. He knows Pulp it. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air with Jimmy Button. Who's this? Tom from Peoria, Illinois. Hey, Tom. Thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. And uh, you got a question for Jimmy Button? You bet. Well, actually, all of you. Um, you know, I'm 45 years old, raced motocross when I was younger, and uh, been hurt a lot, as, as most of us have been. My buddies and I talk all the time about why don't the uh, top pros wear some sort of chest protector. Uh, you know, that RXP, the Air One, is out there. I don't know much about it. And a buddy of mine just cracked his ribs not wearing one when the clutch perch hit him in the chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's out of riding for a while with that. Uh, what, what's your guys' view on that? I- well, it certainly hits home with Jimmy Button, who uh, who suffered uh, some serious injuries uh, not wearing a chest protector. Jimmy, what do you think? Um, you know what the whole the whole chest protector thing. I mean, I, I'm I'm a bit split on it because I think in some I think in some instances it's, it would um, it would kind of do a good job. But I, I got to tell you this: the way the majority of the chest protectors are made, they don't anything the way they sit on your body you know they sit on your body they don't they're, they're not raised uh you know away from your body so the thing is when when you get hit by something they're laying so flat on your body anyways uh, the energy you know goes goes directly through them and it, it might dissipate just a little bit but for the most part you know i i think you know, most of the time they're not going to do a whole hell of a lot, and, and there's, there's you know special circumstances where I think they've done a great job or whatever. But I think basic chest protectors not going to do a whole heck of a lot too. Now you know getting onto the whole neck brace situation, I, mean, I think that's a different you know that's a completely different ball of wax, and I think that's why you see a lot of guys that wear a neck brace but they don't wear a chest protector. Hey, Beanbag, uh-huh. I remember uh, when you were on that Suzuki when you were in the JT gear, you had that sweet JT chest plate on. 
I remember yeah. that thing was uh, yeah. looked like a, a Martian's uh, spaceship. No, he he only had the front plate on for, oh, for yeah, the yeah. roost, but he wore oh, it really? outside. Dude, I'll tell you, I, and did. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate the Be-back. appreciate how the call. Sweet, how man. sweet was that JT gear that you wore that last year? That was sick, huh? That JT gear. Who, who was the last factory rider to wear JT? Jimmy Button. Tim Ferry. Sorry. <laughs> Pulp MX show. You're on the air. Who's this? This is Evan from Marietta. Hey, what's up, Evan from Marietta? Thank you for listening to the show. Do you have a question for Jimmy Button? Yeah, I got a question for Jimmy. Hey, I wanted to ask him when he was riding the YZ426, how much development work went into that bike because it was fairly new. He was only on it when it was a couple years old. Did they do like a extreme amount of testing on that bike, or you know, yeah, uh, what did they do? Uh, great question. Actually, we actually tested. Uh, a massive amount. In fact, we tested so much on that bike that I actually never really had a true practice bike. It was always changing? Yeah, I mean, we, we basically tested every single day I rode that bike during the week was basically a test day. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was it was a lot of testing. We did a lot of development work because, we you know, back then we were still, still trying to figure out the way the power worked. You know, how did we make the power work for Supercross versus outdoors and so on and so forth. Hey, who's uh, your mechanic there, Brian Keeney? Brian Keeney. Yeah, yep. Right on. Well, hey, thanks for the call, uh, caller. Appreciate it, man. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Good question. Uh, all right, Button, thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. So, hey, so I, I got to tell you guys about a little something I'm doing. Okay. Hopefully everyone out there listening in uh, Internet land will will log on and help me out. So, okay, go ahead. Red button. Okay, so, as most people know, 10 years ago, you know, a little more than 10 years ago now, I got hurt. Uh, at San Diego. And so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to try to raise some money for spinal cord research, and I'm going to ride a bicycle from Qualcomm Stadium where I got hurt to Daytona International Speedway. What? Yeah. What? Dude, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in, buddy. I'm going to ride a bicycle 2,500 miles across the country to raise money for spinal cord research. And I, I got a website going. Sweet And Jesus. everything else. So you can go to Miles. Or miracles today.com and you can read about it and you can donate you can text in to donate five dollars via text or you can uh, you know donate a, a penny a mile or a dollar a mile or you can donate two dollars ten dollars whatever you want to do but uh-huh. I'm gonna try to make some money for spinal cord research and I'm gonna ride a bicycle across the US uh, miles for miracles today.com and four is for correct yeah Wow correct hey how do so, we get to be the title? How do we get the uh, title sponsor button? What's that? How do I get to be the title for that? Write me a check, sir. <laughs> Shit, I, I, well, maybe I shouldn't donate uh, 2500 bucks to the poker tournament in a couple of weeks like I always do. Hey, what, what, uh, hey, donate both. That's awesome. I work for Heart and Headache. Come on, I don't got that much money. Heart and headache. Oh, uh, there you go. When does this start, Jimmy? When are you planning on? Uh... I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to do the ride next year. I've given myself, you know, a whole year to train for it. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And and so we're going to do it. You know, we're not sure on the date that we're going to leave yet, but we're probably going to leave sometime around the middle to the end of February next year. Yeah. Because we're going to document the whole thing, and I, I want to have the ride done, and then fly to. Uh, have it all done and be able to fly to Vegas Supercross and show it at the banquet and show it during the opening ceremonies and everything. And, and also, the, the other thing that's really cool that we're doing, and i got to say big thanks to uh, Larry Brooks and the guys over at the San Manuel team, is when you text in 
uh, when you do the texting thing, which you can you can grab all the information off the website, you uh, you actually get entered to win a uh, Josh Hill replica YZ450 from Sam Manuel. Nice, nice. Wow, that's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Miles for Mirac- Miles for Miracles Today dot com. People, check it out. Um, yes. Donate, help Jimmy uh, out. Um, I will buy if Jimmy does that. I will bicycle from here to Hart Huntington shop. Hey, I will match anything that uh, that uh, Mathis here puts up. I will match it, button. There we awesome. go. Um, I love it. I love the rivalry already. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Jimmy, for coming on the show. Seriously, thank you. I appreciate it. We got to have you on again. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, Mathis, Kida, Berlu, good talking to you guys. I'll see you soon. And uh, just big thanks to everybody out there in Internetville. Right on. Well, thank you. Right on, buddy. Bye, guys. See you, Take Jamie. care. Have a good night. Hey, tell Christy right, I said what up. Hey, quit, quit. That was Jimmy Button. Quit with the wife talk, dude. It's kind of creeping me out. The way you, wow, you just seem really extra happy when you're like, hey, is your wife. Have you seen her? Yeah. She's hot. Yeah, but. She's super nice. She's been my friend a long time, and I respect okay. her, and she's a good woman. You know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I hit a, I hit a nerve there. Yeah. What am I insinuating, right? What, what are you? Hey, um, nothing. I got a note from uh, Rich Taylor, ex-brand goggle owner. Uh, he loves the show, and what he wants to do is offer anybody listening right now, or even anybody on the archives uh, tomorrow on Pulp MX or anybody on iTunes, although this is a limited time, uh, they're going to offer anybody 40% discount on all X-Brand Goggle. 40%. That's a lot. Uh, what you want to do is go to uh, X-Brand, which is eksbrand.rideshop.com, and uh, enter the code XPRO2010 to receive a 40% discount. Limited time only. So wow. check it out, xbrand.rideshop.com, and uh, enter the code XPRO2010. 40% off on the order of the... And you can have the same goggles that Michael Lessie uses, Josh Strange, Timmy, Kyle Chisholm. Timmy Wiegand. Timmy Wiegand. Same, exact same goggles. Hey, maybe we should have a Rich on the show in time because I have some good stories about RT well, back in the day too. It, it's funny you say that. I, I did a podcast with Rich Taylor, one of the most popular ones I've gotten as far as mail received. People loved it. Testing in Japan, testing for Suzuki, testing for Honda, uh, you know, privateer guy, like incredible storyteller. Oh, you, you, we got some good stories. He has some good stories about Hart too. Him and Hart on the road shared a little experience one time. Uh, is it something that we can share publicly? Or? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, you want to take this call? Sure, let's do it's it. It's probably for Jimmy Button, but... Let's go. Pop MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Xavier from France. Hey, hey Xavier. Xavier, he's calling from France. Xavier, you want to tell the story about me finding you in the parking lot when you ran into the trailer hitch? Yeah, you're my great Samaritan. There you for go. For people who don't know, yeah, this is... For people who don't know, this is... Extremely good care of me. Xavier, Xavier Ordard. How do you say your last name, Xavier? Edouard, yeah. Edouard, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, famous uh, French promoter, promoter slash Fran, uh, big part of the Bercy Supercross every year. and An all-around uh, good dude. An all-around good dude. I got your email, Xavier. Thank you for sending it in, and uh, thank you for listening to the show. It's probably... Uh, five it's almost 6 in the morning. You guys have me glued to the computer, and, uh, and uh, I don't regret one second of it. It's really good. Wow, uh, thank, show. thank you, man. Yeah, what did you think of Tony Alessi? Uh, it was great, actually. I knew 
I mean, Tony was in Bercy, and <laughs> it was one of the most controversial years years we've had. Yes. Long nights at the hotel discussing, and uh, <laughs> after some uh, race incidents and stuff. But it's all good, you know. I can I can see both sides of uh, of the people, you know, the, the ones who, who mm-hmm. thinks he's he's on the crazy side, but uh, but also uh, I can see what he's doing uh, good, you know. He's he's really passionate about about it, and and the one thing I really appreciate is that those guys are true racers. They want to race anywhere, anytime, and uh, and um, they're up to anything that's uh, in front of them, and I appreciate that. I think uh, I think it's very important. When you see all of these guys, you know, uh, having very strict programs, I'm going to do this and nothing else, and obviously for me, for, for on the uh, on the Bercy perspective, you know, it's good to have racers that are always open to race overseas and stuff. Right on. And uh, and uh, are you going to be able to get me to Bercy this year, Xavier? That's that's really the most important question. That's all I care. I'd love to do that. Yeah. I mean, you you you're always welcome. And again, my my good Samaritan there and mm-hmm. took good care of me, <laughs> and and I, I I really appreciated that. So so, so you you're always t- welcome at so, Bercy. So tonight, Xavier, we heard Watson. Jimmy, sit- Jimmy was there last year. Yeah, Watson. I invited him, Watson. and I think and I was also one of the guys who believed in. Uh, in Josh here, uh, I don't know if Jimmy's still on the air to he's talk not, about no, it. No, he's not. We we had to let him go. He had to go. Uh, okay. But so far tonight, Watson saved a girl from drowning. He has yep. uh, he has slept uh, twenty six hours consecutively in a bunk with Playboys in a bucket. He <laughs> has uh, uh, there was something else. And it, and he saved. I, you, I heard he's, about yeah. three things before before my story, but he yeah, did. Yeah. Take me to a hospital there, and, uh, and I was kind of, I mean, I was, it was not a major injury or nothing, but I was kind of lost. I've never been in the, in the hospital system in the U.S., <laughs> and, 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 you know, he, he, he just took care of me there on the parking lot, and, 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 and you know, put, it ended up really good for me, so uh, I appreciated that, and he, he was the one stepping up for that. Hey, Xavier, every time you take a shower and you look down, you see that scar on your leg, do you think about me? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> hey, hey, next show, we're going to hear Buzz Aldrin call in and be like, I took Watson to the moon with me, and I'll just be like, all right. Like, I'll believe it. Oh, dude. Hey, Xavier, what about Matt Bonnet? Are you going to bring him back, or is he a little too aggressive on your guys over there? No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> he was fine. But what he said was true. I mean, I, I, I kind of was bothered because, you know, we have those referees in France, and those guys are... <laughs> And, and and it's going back to this uh, to this uh, uh, um, Michael Lessie thing actually, and and it's those guys are kind of uh, I, I I mean what whatever the, uh, Ryan Villopoto pulled out on Dungey last weekend would have been like a huge story in Bercy, right. and I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, you know. There's a difference between America and Europe for that, and and uh, um, so I always want to tell the riders before so that we don't enter like a major controversy with someone thinking, "Hey, I'm just riding the way I'm used to ride," and and those guys are want to penalize me or something, you know. So I'm right. kind of in the middle because I'm not taking those decisions. The, the referees from the federations are like our Gallagher's, I would say, do that, right. and uh, and it, it's I, I don't know always agree with that and uh, for instance in Mike Lessie's case I thought what he did on the last lap of the last race 
on the of the weekend to get uh, to to get the second of all or something was was absolutely legitimate and uh, and it was like a huge controversy oh when he, when, when he crossed over the berm and took out Purcell yeah, it was not for sale. It, it was uh, Who was it? Um, yeah. it was actually another writer, uh, and but but uh, Prosser was was too young at the time. Okay, all right. But um, you know, he, it, 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 it was a slow motion type of deal. Nothing really, really dangerous. And uh, and again, you don't open the door. It's it's two turns from the finish line, right. and and, uh, and you're just not doing that. You know, to to uh, to. Uh, Pro like Mike Lessie, he's going to take it. You know, and he's yeah. going to take advantage of it, and he's, he did that. And I, th- I thought it was cool. We we got Tony Berluti. The crowd didn't like it. No, no, we got sure. Tony Berluti in studio. Her Berluti, you've been to Bercy, right? Oh, absolutely. How many times? Yes. Uh, Hi, Tony. How you doing? Tony was there many times. You know Xavier. You, you oh, know, absolutely. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tony, you've done Bercy. That's by the third day, you're burnt. You're done. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm quite. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. It's for pretty tiring yeah. after three days, but I always I it's gonna be like the twenty eighth or twenty ninth time this time, so I, I still like it. I enjoy it as much as I did the first day. Cool. And and hey, I had some ideas that uh, that I wanted to expose to you. Uh, um, that's that's what I put on the uh, on that email, Steve. But you know, why don't we give points in the qualifiers and start and, and get those guys on the starting gate in reverse order from the qualifiers. I mean, that is something, if I was a promoter over there, I'd do that mm-hmm. uh, because because it would it would create better racing. Of course, the top riders would hate it, right. but they would get points in the qualifiers and uh, then they would just not have the advantage of picking their gate for the main, and I think that would make sense. What do you guys think? What, what do you think of that? What, what Xavier is saying is, and I've, I've actually brought it up to, to Reedy before, uh, you get points for winning the heat races, so you don't want to sandbag. But if you win the heat race, you get the twentieth pick, gate pick. So the guy who le- you know second place in the LCQ gets first gate pick, but no points. Guys who win the heats get points in the heats. They're on the outside. What do you guys think of that? Reed, I brought it up to Reed. He was actually, he said to me, "Well, wh- I work so hard and I train my ass off and I have more skill than the other guys. Why are you penalizing me? You know that's not fair. That's what." And 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 Baba told me the same thing when. You know, after two nights in Bercy last time, you know, it was getting kind of boring because he was e- right. he was winning so easy. I asked him, you know, do you want? I didn't ask for that same exact rule, but I asked him, would you be okay to pick out of the hat, you know, for the the gate position mm-hmm. um, in in the main on the last day? And and I mean, I've been I've been talking to him a couple of days about it, and and then the third day he okayed that, and uh, which was really good for him. Now I knew the gate. He wanted was like the number three from the inside, and believe it or not, the, <laughs> what, whatever he picked from the hat was like the number three uh, right. token. What, so. uh, what do you guys think, Berluti? What do you think of that idea? Well, they did that in Mickey Thompson. Uh, they inverted the start. They, they did that, and I, I think it added to the show for sure. Yeah. And Watson, thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> I think Xavier is probably one of the best promoters in the world, not just in France. And I think that he has great ideas. Um, and I just think that our promoters over here are too single-tracked. And one-track mind is yeah. Exactly. I mean, they switch the program around. 
you know, after how many years, and they think it's the best way because Feld, they're just going in it as a show, like I've always said. They're not looking at it as but an yeah, but that, that would make for better racing for these guys. Exactly. You would see some passing, actually. Exactly. No, and, and, and from the ra- from the what you said about Chad, uh, you know, look at look at the start from last weekend. I mean, I mean, G- uh, um, what's his name? Um, Millsaps. Dave Mil- Dave Millsaps got yeah. the third third in the start from the way outside, you know, so, and, and, and I remember Baba last year, and uh, at one point, you know, had uh, to go through the semi or something, or the last chance, and, and, and he got the hard shot or something, right, didn't right. he? Yeah, yeah, it can be done, you're right, it can be done. So, I mean, you just take uh, special, specific care of the way you design the start, and the first turn, and so on, right. and, and, you, and you have a chance to have a show, otherwise, you know, we always have like those those guys getting the start and pulling the, the the fast laps, and we don't have a race, you know. Right. And and in this case, you would have a race, and I think it's still good for them because because they had their points, uh, extra points in the in the in the heat race. So and whoever you know is gonna is gonna get a good start from the outside or pass the most people and still win the race. Now, of course, you you also do a twenty minute. Race, twenty minute race. You know, a true twenty minute race, right. like 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 some people have suggested. I think it's a good suggestion, and it gives those guys, you know, the time to make up for uh, maybe a bad start, but maybe they even get good starts because they are the best guys out there. Right. Well, hey Xavier, uh, I hate to cut you off. We're running a little bit long. Uh, thank you for it's, calling in, though. I'm ready to go sleep anyway. <laughs> thank you, and I'm sure I'll be in uh, in touch with you uh, for maybe if you need some help with getting some guys' phone numbers or whatever. Uh, hey, come Bercy. Yeah, it's it's possible. And uh, and thank you for calling. I appreciate in. you. You helped me some last, last time. Yeah, no problem. And and that's awesome. You called in the show. Please call again. Um, and uh, and okay, we'll, have you guys have a have a good night too. Okay, all right. Thanks, Xavier. Bye, Xavier. Bye. There we go. France, all the way from France. We're, we're freaking global, bro. We're global. We're global. Hey, we're running late, Kenny. Do we want to do this stuff? It's up to you, but there's still seven. There's still. Uh, do you have to go. I don't have to. You're go getting no. a little anxious. Hey, dude, I'm you, just. I'm here for the people. You're man. flipping through a magazine. I'm here for the people, man. You're I'm here for the people. Baluti, do you got to go? No, I've got plenty of time. All right. Okay. Well, let's do this then. Let's do uh, the X Brand goggles tear off segment. Uh, brought to you by thexbrand.com, and this is a segment where uh, I basically ask Kenny uh, three questions. He has to answer them in 15 seconds or less, and uh, he has to make sense in 15 seconds or less. And uh, I want to get his opinion on the stuff on the sport. And maybe we'll even uh, uh, talk about um, Berluti. Maybe we'll even ask Berluti some questions. Yeah, that'd be All awesome. All right, Kenny, are you ready? Let's do her. All right, X-Brand goggles, tear-off segment. <laughs> Don't do it yet. <laughs> Here. Okay. There you go. All right. Rich Taylor, uh, uh, Kenny Watson, was the St. Louis track dangerous? Yes. Three seconds. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Kenny Watson, uh, what is wrong, if anything, what is wrong with Chad Reed? Uh, I just think the time off is uh, it has got to him. Um, I think everyone else has been racing every week, and he's getting a little older. And I just think that you know he switched bikes and he didn't really prepare. And I don't think he's feeling at home on that thing yet. That was almost exactly 15 seconds. Wow, uh, what a crazy. It's incredible. Right. And uh, the third question is: uh, Yes, I did land on the moon. With Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> who would you hire for an outdoor ride? Now, you're not going outdoors. We know this. But who would you hire for an outdoor rider? Uh, there's, a, there's a spot open at Valley Yamaha. 
There's some talks there. Uh, this one rider isn't going to get it, obviously. But who would you hire for 450 Outdoors? Kyle Regal, Michael Byrne, or Kyle Chisholm? Who would you hire? Well, it matters what what if you're expecting a guy just to make all the races, or do you want a guy that you think is going to win? Or you I want you the guy to get the best results for the team. I would pick Michael Byrne. Michael Byrne. All right, Michael Byrne. Uh, Tony Blutie, who would you pick out of those three? Kyle Regal, Michael Byrne, or Kyle Chisholm? Michael Byrne. Uh, well, we, actually, he worked for him for two oh, years. We can't on. even. We can't even. That's like talking to me about Timmy. I'd hire Timmy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that has been the X Brand Goggle Tear Off segment. Check them out on the web at uh, thexbrand.com. And uh, and remember the, the special, the special tonight from Rich Taylor. Xbrand.rideshop.com. Punch in X Pro, the letter X Pro 2010. Receive a 40% discount on X Brand goggles. So, uh, and we're gonna probably run that promo for a few weeks. But uh, um, yeah, so awesome. You can check that out. And now it is time for. I need some music for this. Yeah, we do. Oh, hey, you know what? Before we get too far, want to listen to a phone call I had made today? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I made this phone call earlier today, and I just remembered it right now. Um, I tried to uh, – I called Alessi. I tried to call Tony, and uh, there was just an Alessi shop in New York, and uh, this is what they had to say. Hello, Leslie. Uh, hi there. I'm looking for Tony. I'm sorry. You have that number. Oh, um, is Mike or Jeff there? I'm sorry? Mike or Jeff? Uh, nope. Oh, uh, can you tell me how the testing is going with the new uh, Moto Concepts Yamaha? I have no idea what you're talking about. You have the wrong number. Oh, I do? Uh-huh. Um, have you been out at Competitive Edge lately riding or no? Uh, no. Oh. What? Who is this? This is the Alessi store. Oh. The Alessi store, do you sell Believe the Hype shirts? Do we sell what? The Believe the Hype t-shirts? Uh, no. Oh. All right. Well, I'm sorry to bug you. No problem. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> wow. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. What do you, what do you guys think of that? Uh, hey, awesome. I got something for you, too. We should ask Talon and Tony. But and I don't know if I should come out of the closet with this one. Kenny's but, coming out of the closet. Kenny's coming out of the closet. But I, I'm kind of the, the fault for the... I believe the hype. I am the one that gave him Here, that here's idea. Here's Kenny's moon story. Like again, I, I no. Just... I am the one. If you want to recall Tony and ask Tony, I am the one that gave him that idea with the bullseye. Believe the hype because people didn't believe in him, and I'm like, you need to do that. You need to do that, and it was sounded great, and I really didn't think he would do it, and then he did it, and it kind of backfired, and I would kind of went up, went away. I don't know if Tony. Uh, we could call him. Uh, if Tony's listening, text me. And confirm that story that uh, Kenny Watson came up with the Believe the Hype slogan and told him to do it. Uh, I rescue people. I, I save drowning people. <laughs> I save promoters. Well, the thing about, you know what the crazy thing is about Xavier? I was in the parking lot working on my bike, and dude, he was jogging by. And I didn't know who the guy was. Right. I had no clue. There was just this random dude, and he ran right into a trailer hitch and nailed his shin and cartwheeled right in front of me. And he was just laying there screaming and yelling in French. And I was like, whoa. And I thought the guy was seriously injured. Yeah, yeah. And I looked down, and he was just filleted. Like, his shin, shin. was – You could put four fingers in his shin. And oh. he's like, oh, no. And I'm, like, <laughs> panicking, dude. So I just, like, I was throwing ice in a cooler or something. I was going, like, 
my box fan was all things, so I said, get in. I went inside. I grabbed a towel. I wrapped it around the dude's leg, and we freaking took off. But that, hey, I when, when are these stories going to end? I don't know, bro. They, they're, it's just like more shit just pops up, man. All right. Well, hey, Dev, I want you for the Nationals. You're the third guy. You're my third guy for the Nationals. Shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's go into our fa- one of our favorite segments on the show, Kenny's Corner. Uh, aptly named Kenny's Corner. He uh, this is the time where I give him three random names from the industry, and he rattles off his best story that's uh, that he can tell over the air about them. Uh, it's been a big hit; people have liked it, and uh, we're gonna quickly try to do Kenny's Corner, and then we'll maybe get the hell out of this show. First person on Kenny's Corner, Lou Lopez. A lot of people don't know who Lou Lopez is. If you don't know, he's an industry guy. He works at Parts Unlimited. High up at Parts Unlimited. High, super high. And I met Lou Lopez probably 1993. He was working for Scott Myers. Scott Myers as his mechanic. Didn't know shit. Didn't know nothing about <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> oh, but, excuse oh. me. Sneezed. Wow. Allergies in Vegas. Are if you're going to sneeze, tell me. I'll turn down your. All right. Sorry, guys. Well, anyways, we were there. It was a Saturday program at the Nationals, Sacramento. He was working. Well, a lot of people didn't know this, but before Lou started working for Scott Myers, well, he still did during the week, he worked at the YMCA. I did not know that. Lou was a coach at the YMCA. Uh-huh. So we used to play basketball. Like a bunch of guys used to get together on Saturdays, the mechanics and riders, and we'd wear, no matter where we were, we'd find a gym or find a basketball And court. what, he'd get you in? He got us into the YMCA yeah. in Sacramento. So we went there, and we were playing a full-court game, five-on-five, five, and I had to guard Lou. I didn't know Lou. Lou was this little skinny Mexican kid, and we'd be playing. Lou would be going, and I'd be guarding him, and he would go, hey, fat guy, on you. Laid back, 20-foot net, boom. And he was pointing at me, and he was schooling me. He called Big, you fat guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, running after him, and I couldn't catch him, and he was just like, dude, for the whole game, he – Dude, he was the only guy that scored on their team, and he would call me out. And, dude, at the end of the game, I was irate. I wanted to beat his ass, but I couldn't catch him. He uh-huh. was a little Mexican would ran from me the whole time. He ran all the way to the van and got in the van and locked himself in the van and was laughing at me when they drove away. All right. Uh, sweet Lou. Yeah, Sweet, sweet Lou. Lou. Okay, the, the Hog. Nicknamed The Hog. Uh, name number two, Kenny's Corner, Mike Metzger. Metzger. Wow. Rode for you. Metz did ride for me. i known Mike. When he was way back in the day, when he raced, he was riding for NCY. Um, he matter, was pretty quick. He was pretty fast. Matter hey, of hey, fact. Berlou? Berlou? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, his mechanic at NCY was a young 16-year-old Mike Jameson who is f- whatever about that guy. But we'll move on. But him and Deegan used to live together. Mm-hmm. When Deegan first moved out from Nebraska, Deegan was like 16. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the Moto Triple X video. And they do that training skit. Where they're riding with those, those masks. bondage masks. Yeah. Well, I knew Mesker a little bit. Well, he was riding for me in '98, and we were at Glen Helen at the National, and he fell, and someone rode over his back, uh-huh. and he got they were on top of him doing a burnout on his back, and he had a groove in his back like a rut, and he still has a scar to this day. Uh huh. And he came back, and I was like, he was like flayed open and I was like oh fuck that sucks and he totally took it the wrong way and started motherfucking me this that I swear I know sorry PG-13 well make a long story short that guy was pretty much over me thinking I was the biggest prick how I didn't help him and all this uh-huh. crap but now we're cool 
I don't think you know he's done some squirrely things in his career. Uh-huh. Do you know he stole evil? Can old, I don't know if he stole, but when he jumped Caesar's Palace when he flipped it, someone in his camp stole the original Evil Knievel bike and they put it in Metzger's truck and they drove back to California. Nah, God is my witness. It was and just on display there. Caesar's had it on display. Yes, and I'm not saying it was Mike. Right. And but they found it in his property, and that's, that's Caesar's was not happy. No, <laughs> no. So he, what, what the end of the time was, I think he got like two buffet tickets and free rooms and maybe like ten grand of backflip Caesars and Evil Knievel's bike. Damn. Yeah, so that's my story. Right. Okay. Uh, third person, uh, Kenny's Corner, Tony Berluti. Oh, my God. Where do I start? <laughs> I know you already said some stuff earlier, so oh. you kind of ruined it a little bit. But Berluti, man. I got, I mean, me and Berluti go back. We've got some pretty, pretty funny ones. And, and he probably knows the story that I'll tell. Because the, still to this day, we, uh-huh. we, we joke about it. We were driving. It was me. Um, I worked for Ty that year. How come, working. like, in all your stories, I'm never there and I'm dri- I was around? Because you weren't cool enough to hang out with Okay. Because right. I drove McKay. I drove Box Van. You were, this was, this was, I, just, I don't even know where you were at. Because I worked for Birdwell that year. Who'd you work for? PJ1 the- Extreme. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys were probably broken down the trailer, probably at a yeah. flat somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who'd I you work could- for? Who'd you work for? Keeney. Corn dog? Yeah. Was that before Paggio or after? After Paggio. Okay. I remember we couldn't get up the hill at Redbud. The thing could not pull its trailer up the hill at Redbud. Did Red it get Bud. stuck in Washougal too? We, tell you in? Yeah. Yeah, we had to tell, me, tell us in. Anyways, I'm sorry. Okay, continue on. Sorry. Okay, we're driving. Um, we were driving from, I think, I want to say Washougal to to Binghamton. And um, it was myself, Tony, and Randy Lawrence. And I had Randy Lawrence in my truck. Who was RL working for? NTY? No, I think he. Uh, I don't. It was after Pingree. Okay. He was working for Pro Circuit. Yeah. For Pingree, or maybe I don't remember. Okay. Um, but for some reason, Randy, and I and I believe, Shelly was there too, right, Tony? Shelly. No, I don't recall. But I remember we were driving down Shelly the road, was. me, Tony, and we were playing cards when we were playing, and we were on the radio going, "What do you got?" You'd hold your cards up. To the <laughs> Come <guy>. on. <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. we were doing that. Well, anyways, we were driving, dude, and we we were on a good 16, 18-hour run. Right. And it was probably 2 or two or 3 in the morning, and we're driving through Tennessee. And Tony's what like, you got? Tony's all, hey, I'm done, dude. Let's pull it in the next rest area. So we come up on this rest area. And, well, meanwhile, I had Randy driving with me, so we were switching off, and Tony was solo. Right. And Tony's like, dude, I'm done. And I'm like, come on, yeah. Tony, keep going. We're, we can make it to the next yeah. one. And he was just like, ah, fuck. Whatever. Yeah. He's just bitter. He like he was with the Bashan chain. <laughs> no, he, yeah. he did. It was a good one. He was over it. So I convinced him we're going to go to the next. So next truck, next rest area was probably 60 miles down the road. Yeah. And we pull in and it's closed. It says uh, closed yeah, for yeah. construction. So I said, fuck this. Pardon my French. We drive around the barrier. <laughs> we go to the back of the truck stop to the rest area. Yeah. And we go to sleep. Yeah. Dude, no more than a couple hours later. Dude, there's some dude banging on my truck, banging. You gotta go, you gotta go. And all <laughs> of a sudden, get. I look in the rearview mirror, get? and this dude's yeah. banging on Tony's motorhome. You gotta get. And the dude looked like Buford T. Justice. <laughs> and he was screaming at Berlut, dude. Berlut was fired up. I didn't want to wake up like this. He's screaming at me. God damn it! We shouldn't have pulled over that next road. What, so so bitter. Oh, he was pissed, dude. He was pissed for a week. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed. But he's told me some good stories too. When he was driving with his family, and he's falling asleep at the wheel, got a little sideways. Really? Did you guys ever? Did you ever pop those mini things to stay awake? Uh, did you guys ever do that? Yeah, I, I did that. Uh, I think my first couple of years, where I tried them, and my 
hair standing on it. Oh, I, I didn't know. like them. I, I know. Didn't Remember, like you, them. you would like feel your arm hair. And yeah, be... yeah, it was crazy. Dude, you know what was a good trip, though, with me and Berlute? It was me, Berlute, Marshall, all the Honda guys. Not Mathis. No, Mathis. Was... <laughs> and, dude, we were driving. There was probably 10 box fans, mm-hmm. and we were hooked up, like – and someone gets on the radio, they go, hey, we knew a shortcut in South Dakota somewhere. It's going to take off, you know, 50 miles. Right. We went through an Indian remember reservation. This, do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went through an Indian reservation, and I am not shitting you, dude. We were probably going 90 miles an hour, bumper to bumper, on a dirt road. I think it was in Montana where they had open speed limit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The only time Gnarly. They, they pull you over and give you a $5 uh, wasting energy yeah. deal. Dude, and all I kept saying is, and I'm in the back. Right. I'm in behind all these guys, and I kept going, I can't see. They're all just, just hang on. We'll tell you if we're going to hit the brakes. <laughs> Dude, I was like, holy shit. But yeah. that was the same trip where Chad Watts uh, grenaded himself. Yeah, going, oh, yeah, going yeah. to Washougal. Yeah, we're going to going Washougal. Going up the hill. Yeah, he, Lost a bunch of his intestines. He was with us. Or something. Yeah, he was with us, and he... We were we were on track to be there like Tuesday night, and it was like a no from Bangton. Yeah, yeah, and he he was like, hey, I'm you know we're all pulling in, we're pulling in, and he didn't want to pull in. He goes, no, I'm gonna get there. I want to get started, and uh, we all pulled in, and he kept going, man. Bad accident, right? Rear, he fell asleep and rear-ended somebody. Yeah, rear-ended a big truck. Really? Yeah. Lucky to be alive. Took about an intestine, right? Like oh, he, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he got weeded. But yeah, there's my Berlut story. Uh, that's not so bad. Kenny's corner. There you have it, folks. Uh, um, hey Berlut, do you have a favorite rider you've worked for? Uh, all these years? I don't know about a favorite. Uh, well, just a I guy. got really close with a couple of them. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. Robbie was yeah. – Robbie I got close with. He was like a brother, you know. And then uh, Burn, he's like family. You know, Burn's that? a good dude. Yeah, Burn's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Uh, should we wrap this up? It was a good one. It was a good one. Sorry it was. we so oh, long hey, tonight. Let's see if anybody calls. Open them up. See if anyone want to talk to Tony Berluti. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. How about a technical tip from Tony Berluti, you guys? Call yep. and ask him a question about your bike. Yep. Seven zero two five eight six Pulp. If you want to call in, we're we're just at the tail end of the show here, and uh, we'll take some calls from people who maybe wanted to ask us a question but never got a chance to with uh, Tony Alessi and Tony Berluti and Jimmy Button on the show tonight. Sometimes Ken, people like to call in and ask Kenny questions. Up oh, there they go. Pulp MX show. You're on the air. Who's this? This has been. Hey, Mathis, uh, with, all, with all the uh, the topless uh, girl stories and everything from uh, from Watson tonight, I want to tell you, you did an awesome job with the podcast over the last couple of weeks. And what I learned is if you talk fast, you go to the movies. If you talk slow, you make $8.50 an hour. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a pretty good philosophy. You should uh, Thanks, put Adam. that on a license plate and, uh, and, 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 and sell it. <coughs> Paul Max, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, what's up? It's Nash. Closing yeah. the night out. Nash, what's up? Uh, just ask a real question to Baluti. No BS. I'm putting a clutch in my Beater Workhorse Dirty Whore WR400. The steels are super, super cooked. Do I have to prep them in any way, or should I just throw them away and get new ones? Uh, it depends your budget. I'd throw them away and get new ones. If not, you can take a, like a 600 sandpaper on like a flat plate and uh, just sand them down. That'll work for you. It's cool. I already started doing that right on. Right on. You're on it. Hey, hey, good show, fellas. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Nash. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Mike Shaner. Hey, Shaner, what's up, man? How are you? All right. Just uh, recovering from the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you didn't come out to uh, collect your money from Watson this Yeah, where were you, dude? I had to race an area qualifier. Point. Okay. Well, uh, but, 
Watson still wants to pay up that bet for Ryan Morris on a 450 Suzuki, but hey, why don't you just email me and I'll send you a check, bud? Yeah, we could do that. Help you help you get well, to your next race. Well, I have a better idea if you don't want to just cut a check like JP said. I was thinking you guys have that heart and Huntington gear. If I could get like pants and a jersey, I was going to get it made where on the back where my name would be. It say Kenny Watson, and for the numbers, it's five hundred dollars. There you go. Hey, I don't know about that, but the gear sounds good. Shoot me an email. You got my email, or give it to Mathis, and I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you a set. Not a problem. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, bud. Hey, Shaner. Thanks, Bye. man. Are you ever gonna? Is that kid ever gonna get his money? I don't know. Dude, he just said he won a gear. That's, that's He's better. a dummy because the gear's not worth five hundred dollars. Yeah, it is. Five hundred bucks. That what the bet was? Paul yeah, Max uh, yeah, show. You're on the yeah, air. Who's this? Steve. It's uh, James from Canada. Hey, what's up, James from Canada? How's Canada. it going? Hey. Oh man, I just have to give you props for like one of the best shows out there, man. You're, you're I, doing I, awesome. And I really, I'm better than Watson, right? Like I'm kind of <laughs> making the show. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. we love Watson too. <laughs> Why has everybody got to do that? Everybody's got to be, oh, but, but Watson. Hey, uh, uh, do you believe Watson's stories? I don't know, man. He's got a lot of backup. So, I know uh, he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he, you can't argue with people <laughs> agreeing. Wait till Buzz calls in next week. You're going to be really oh, Buzzard? Are we going to get Buzzard? Oh, no, no. Buzz. Buzz Alman. Oh, Buzz, oh, Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> about the moon story. I the you moon, were... baby. The moon. Uh, what's up, James? You got a question? How's my bike, my old bike doing? No, man, I was, just, I was just giving you props, man. Good show. Love it. All right. Man, it was awesome. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Right on, buddy. Thanks for listening. All right. Uh, he, he didn't say thanks, but Canada, France, America, Berluti. Wow. Worldwide. International, bro. Yeah. Go yeah. global. Well, we're right on, guys. Hey, thank you for uh, for listening. This was one of our best shows uh, uh, audience-wise we've had. I just got a text from our uh, Greg M, and uh, we've done well. Thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you to X-Brand Goggles. Check them out on the web at thexbrand.com. Uh, thank you to TREMX.com. TREMX, on the board, Kenny, matched the price for X-Brand Goggles, 40% off. 40. So wow. th they stepped up as well. Awesome. And thanks to Jason and everybody at TREMX.com, the racer's edge, uh, supporting Tony Alessi since 1991. Hey, no shit, too. If those guys say they're going to get you the stuff, they get it. Big J will drive it to your door. Wow. That ain't no bullshit. He will drive it to your door. He will. And uh, and thank you to JGRMX, uh, home of the uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Team. And uh, they're doing motors and suspension now. Check them out at JGRMX.com. And uh, you can get the same service that, that uh, Justin Brayton, Michael Byrne, and Josh Grant get. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for hanging in there. And I know we went for a little longer. People are on the board saying, oh, three hours is too long. But you know what the great thing about Internet is? You can shut it off and you don't have to listen to it. So if you, if you think we went too long, I'm sorry. But uh, come back next week and we'll try to do it a little bit better for you. Well, wow, Kenny, that was well said. Thank uh, you, Steve. Hey, thanks to Tony Berluti for yeah, coming Berluti. on. Thank you. Thank you. I had a great time. Awesome time. Are you just saying that or did you really? No, nah, this was a great time. I, okay, will you, come, will you come back? Oh, absolutely. All right. yeah. You're going to have me next. Uh, yeah, no, you'll definitely come back on. And thank you uh, again to our sponsors. Thank you for the listeners. We'll see you next week with, uh, well, I don't know who we're going to have as a guest, Watson. Buzz, Buzz, Buzz Aldrin? Uh, we'll, we'll think about it. Let's, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll surprise them. We'll get someone good. All right, this has been the Pulp MX Show. Thank you again. See you next week. Thanks, you guys. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. You're so wise. But like a miniature Buddha covered in hair.